ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Oscar Lieutenant, the first in 2024. I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm joined by... Nick. And Josh. Hey, we got it this time. And this today's episode is going to be a review of Josh and I's experience during CanCon. Uh, you know, we'll uh, dazzle everybody with our stellar performances, placing, I think it was, 29th and... 19th for me. Oh, f- fuck. I don't even know why I'm doing on this episode at this point. <laughs> uh, out of about 50 players, I think it was. Um, so, hey, at least you got the top half. Um, with uh, Nick probably going to be almost interviewing us at this point because uh, you had a nice trip uh, back home, I, I suppose, back uh, to yeah. the US. Yeah, while uh, the two of them attended CanCon, I was overseas getting married. So... Oh, uh, I do not have CanCon stories. I just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but before we get into, I suppose, our main segments, uh, community announcements, all that uh, sort of normal things, uh, I wanted to talk a quick, uh, take a quick moment to talk about uh, something special that we got from CB. We got an early copy of Rem Racer. So I took that to CanCon to have uh, a couple of games with the um, guys up there. Uh, so we had a full five-player uh, game uh, with some of my buddies uh, from CanCon, including Josh. Um, and I don't necessarily think that the guys who developed it expected it necessarily to be played the way we did, which was um, aggressive, aggressive from the <laughs> very start. Um, so a bit of, I suppose a bit of review of uh, how our game went as the person who happened to be podium two, I think, because it wasn't, it wasn't you, it was Ryan had the mine launcher. And so the very first thing he did was drop a mine in front of the third podium place. Um, and so it was a very aggressive, uh, game of bumper cars where I even think in the first First corner where there were purposeful rammings. Yeah, I think we should probably have a chat about how Ram Racers is played. Um, mm. So everyone gets a little Ram. They have their their own racer, which is um, their little pilot, which is uh, randomly generated, uh, and um, they all have special powers. Uh, then you take turns um, moving along the track using pre semi-predetermined paths using um that relate to the speed that you're currently going so at speed one you have um you you're able to turn really sharply but you're not you're not able to go a long distance speed two gets a little bit better in terms of distance worse instead of uh yeah. curvature they also have this speed, sort of chicane thing yeah um, speed, speed two has like some of the more complicated movements yeah that you can um do yeah, three has the like hairpin turn where you go really hard and then like sort of drift around a corner, and then four is just like I go fast and I don't care about turning at all. Um, yeah. So yeah, we played a a, a game um, that I think got very slowed down by the fact that we just wanted to hurt each other a lot, <laughs> um, oh, and yeah, because no. we wanted to hurt each other, did Hector end up winning with the with the Eugene? No, uh, Ryan did. Uh, Hector almost got there with the uh, Eugene Rem and Eugene Pilot, yeah. but was um, foiled at the last second by by Ryan speeding forward and uh, and and taking away the win. Um, yeah. It's a fun game. I think it's more designed to be 
not played by a bunch of hooligans. By by five, um, five adult men having a few drinks and playing the game with each other. Um, Maybe it's more geared towards family time. Um, But I can see it being a fun, like it can be fun. It's not competitive, but that's okay. If if you want to sort of like, I guess sort of how it plays, especially when we got sort of to the later half of our game, is it plays very much like Mario Kart. You're sort of um objective is really just to get out of the pack because that's where um all the uh, shenanigans are happening once you're out of the pack you're able to uh, change your speed um and like sort of just drive and try and win while as if you're with everybody you're running into everyone's minds and oil slicks and getting nanopulsed and flamethrowered and hacked and um all these uh sorts of all these sorts of things um there were certainly some very powerful combinations so the rems are each slightly different uh with the yujing one being a little bit more armored and the pano one uh, being a better shot um less armored the rest are sort of in the middle as far as how well they shoot and how how much armor and, and um they've also got like a bts or like a little it's called biotechnical protection uh but it's the same sort of concept as bts um but some of the combinations between them and the pilots can be uh, pretty damn nasty. I mean, I remember I had I had the Pano tag, which is the weakest tag, but my tag. pilot... Rem- sorry, ta- I keep calling <laughs> them tags. Uh, I had the Rem that was the weakest, but it was the best shot. But my pilot was the Toha pilot, which meant that um, I could negate one wound every time I took one. Uh, which meant that I had this really good, uh, really good uh, rem as far as shooting goes, and it was still actually really, really tough. Um, but uh, but we found that uh, the person who had our Eugene rem also had the, one of the uh, the Eugene pilot. So not only was it really tough, but if it died, it got to do a full move forward, um, which was. Uh, which was almost gave them the win. I think the most interesting one, I think the person that used their ability the most actually was you, Josh, because you had the, like the JSA pilot, I think, because they had a Japanese name and she gets to, so the way Rem Racer works is when you pick up the, uh, the path that you're going to drive in, once you put it in front of your Rem, that's the path you take. There's no take backsies. Except if you have the pilot that Josh had, which is before she moves, she can change the um, the path, the, th- the the path, the the path that she uses. I think you use that constantly. You're like, oh no, that's going to run me it, into the wall. I use it every. I think I use it almost every turn. Yeah, because you you could be like really risky with it and be like, oh no, that's not going to work. I don't want to hit that. I'll just take something else. Um, for the most part, I think it was pretty self-explanatory. Everything. The only thing that we came up against was uh, Otto's power, Big Brother. Uh, we weren't sure whether every every person's t- so the power he has is he can take your equipment that you're using and use it himself. We weren't sure if he could do that every round, so every every cycle uh, between all the players or every player's turn. Uh, and the only other one we found interesting was some cards. 
say that you make a move after another player makes a move. And if you're dead, we weren't, we still didn't quite figure out whether you could use those to resurrect yourself early. Um, but I don't know. I actually had a lot of fun playing it. Oh yeah, it was a ton of fun. Um, um, yeah. Um, I just, um, I, I don't think, yeah, like we said at the beginning, I don't think uh, it's necessarily designed for five uh, blokes that just want to beat each other's heads in. <laughs> we were, we were sort of playing it like we were playing a game of Infinity, um, and so every single time a weapon was drawn, I think it was automatically used immediately. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, oh yeah, we've got a SMG. Okay, well, uh, I'll shoot that person. Um, but yeah, no, it was. Go for it, Nick. What's up? I was like, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting a chance to play it now that I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, if you like sort of like a board game version of Mario Kart, because it really does play like that, um, Rim Racer. Very cool. Jump into hey, it. and with that, we're going to just quickly move on to our community uh, announcements. So Have uh, we got new slides up? Just send uh, yep, no problem. Just making sure that you're following, or the people can follow along at home if they're watching. That's oh, no, right there. Boom. Well, well, you get that up. Uh, we are making a change to our gaming challenges uh, this year. Previously, they have been monthly challenges uh, that we gave away blisters for, but uh, partly due to the retire quasi retirement of blisters <laughs> and going to small boxes with CB, we're going to be extending them and making them quarterly challenges and uh, rewarding with small boxes similar to that we that are, with our hobby challenge. So we'll have one of each for each quarter. Yeah, so it's still going to be sort of, you you, uh, yeah, right, you put your um, submission in the hat, randomly picked, but it's just going to be two quarterly challenges, a gaming one, a hobby one, um, each quarter. Exactly. So with no, without any further ado, uh, we can announce our two quarterly challenges first for quarter one of 2024. The first one is uh, for the gaming challenge, which is that you're going to make them an offer they can't refuse. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, with our transition to longer gaming challenge, we'd like to set a real challenge for everybody here. So we like crime in Hollywood's version of New York. We want you to get organized. We at Lost Lieutenant want you to plan and run an event for your local players and tell us about your experience. You can tell us about the event. If you can tell us about the event and give it a real fun name, I'll even put it in our socials for people all across the world to see and maybe come along if they're in the area. Uh, it doesn't have to be an ITS event. Just a group of people playing three games in your garage will fulfill the requirements of this challenge. Um, give this a chance to run some custom missions, resilience ops, reinforcements, Free play, mercenaries, limited insertion. These are all some of the many ways we all like to enjoy Infinity, so bust them out too. Um, it, submit your entries to uh, us at lossoflieutenant at gmail.com as a Google Doc, and one random winner will be selected to win a small box out of their choice from a yet-to-be-determined retailer. Yes, with the sad news, unfortunately, that uh, one of the pillars of our community, TSI, uh, uh, closing up shop soon. Um, 
Uh, just as like a personal note for this particular challenge, I'd love to hear about our international players, Europe, US, wherever you are on the continents of uh, of the world, because uh, we've obviously had a lot of a lot of uh, a sort of uptick in our um, foreign uh, uh, foreign listeners. I'd like to hear about what you guys get up to your community. I know that here in Melbourne we have plenty of like little round robins between like four friends or something like that. We do. Yeah, and it's good. It's good fun uh, tournament practice. So, uh, yeah. like big tournament practice. So we yeah. get some engagement in, build those communities. We'd like to see more people playing this game. Uh, and our quarter one hobby challenge is New Year, New Me. Uh, the New Year means the next round of tournaments, which, if you're anything like this guy, uh, means you're starting a new army or a new project. Uh, so this quarter we want to run a free form challenge show us something that you've started and finished this year this quarter it is it a model you're excited to use this year a display board to show off in front of your silver surfer friends or even a building or table that you'd like to dominate on we want to see it i've got to start painting more caledonians so i'll put some progress shots on the socials for everybody to see my painting is awful i hope to get better <laughs> uh, Send your finished entry along with any progress pictures at a Google Doc to us at lossoflieutenant dot at yeah, gmail dot com. Well, you know the best way to get better at painting, Josh, right? Apparently, it's to paint more. Yes. Uh, <laughs> which, um, look, I don't. I doubt. I know. <laughs> Everybody, uh, send Josh your tutorials on how to paint tartan. Tartan? No. Yes. Yes. Please. Uh, we're going to bust out some paint pens and draw that shit on <laughs> yeah uh okay so with our quarterly challenges out of the way we're just going to go through some of our uh, local events again uh just to remind our listeners if you have an event uh, that's running uh in australia internationally we don't care we want to promote this game as much as possible send us an email uh, at loss of lieutenant uh, at gmail.com and we'll try and put it into our next episode so give us about mm, a month two weeks notice Right. And you probably are going to get a shout out on our uh, on the next episode. So the first event that we're going to go through is Arcfinity. Arc 40k has been a premier 40k event for the last several years, and they are turning it into a convention for all things wargaming. So Kev and the folks at Melbourne Wargaming uh, have put together a two-dayer at Arcfest 2024. The dates are the 27th to the 28th of April at Sandown Racecourse. The missions are superiority. Frostbite, Acquisition, Mindwipe, and the, uh, what's the type of missions called? The slightly smaller ones. Direct action. Yeah, direct action mission cutthroat. So superiority is also a direct action mission. Oh, is it? Oh, sorry, I'm thinking supremacy. Yeah. 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 It's it's very similar. It is. Yeah. Uh, Just remember, like all good 40k events, this one has a painter requirement. So normally uh, infinity events have... Um, uh, no, no requirement, right? Uh, yeah, but you can just rock up uh, like this guy does with fucking silver surfers. <laughs> However, for Arc Infinity, right, the requirement is sort of the uh, three colors and a base. Uh, Border Bash, it's a spiritual successor to the beloved and much missed Nova Core. Uh, when it'll be the 8th and 9th of June in 2024, which is the King's birthday long weekend here in some states of Australia. Um, where the Mirambina Community Centre, which is in Lavington in New South Wales, just outside of 
uh, Albury, the border town between New South Wales and Victoria. Uh, it'll be five rounds of affinity across two days. The missions are power pack, acquisition, evacuation, frontline, and supplies. Early bed tickets are $75 and see the Facebook event for more details. Out of bloody power pack. I haven't seen that one since I started playing. Because that's the one with the weird deployment, isn't it? Yes. Yes. It's, the two it's, blocks. I think the only one left that has weird, a weird deployment. The, yes, I think so. Yeah. Um, two uh, acquisition across two events in almost as many months. Uh, yeah. So, so um, we better be real good at acquisition by the end of this year. I know yeah. that last time I played acquisition, I put my opponent in retreat and it was a four all draw. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops! Good work. Josh. I got, I got, I like Achilles. I went into a frenzy and used Achilles to kill everything on the table. You're, you're, you're turning into Arthur. Uh, Nick had to uh, selfishly leave uh, the Infinity community to take care of his two beautiful daughters. Um, He's still you're turning into you, you. Um, I'm Joshy No Breaks. I'm taking over the title. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, you're turning into um, the. Yeah, the person who puts people in retreat and loses matches because of it. Yeah, I only draw. I've only drawn matches because putting into retreat, and they've both been at BCBs. I th- oh, you're gonna have to try harder. I'm pretty sure Nick has lost lost one because he put yeah, them well, in retreat. Yeah, that's fine. Um, we're all showing our face, Kevin. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, uh, and lastly, uh, um, on the announcements, um, the Patreon plug. Just remember that if you like what we do and want to support us, you can do so for $3 a month at patreon.com slash loss of lieutenant. If you can't commit financially to support us, we get it. Times are tough at the moment. That cozy lever is pretty big. Uh, just let Aleph know you like us by liking, following, and leaving a review wherever you get your podcasts, even on YouTube as well. Join our Discord invite link in the episode description. Oh. On to the main topic. On to the main topic. So, uh, CanCon was last weekend. And uh, next slide. Oh, yeah. I'm, here. I'm here. Mission lineup. The mission uh, lineup. So, uh, yep. Josh and Jacob were there. Uh, Jacob brought his Bakudin and Josh brought his combi- Vanilla Combined. Uh, I went overseas and got married, so I was not at CanCon. Uh, the mission lineup for CanCon, as a reminder, was unmasking Bipong countermeasures armory and last launch. So, want to go into your lists first, Jacob? Yeah, cool. So I had sort of the, I so I, I did sort of challenge myself to lean into the Moira, like uh, Reverend. Uh, sort of side of Bakunin. Uh, hence why you're not seeing any Riot Girls, why you're not seeing any Taskmasters on uh, any of sort of any of these sort of things. Of course, you've still got Moderators and Morlocks I, and Chimeras. I just don't think you can do uh, Bakunin without them. So first list, uh, creatively called Backhold, um, because I can't think of interesting names for my lists, is just Mother Agatha, 
a Reverend Moira with sniper rifle, a Reverend Moira with heavy machine gun, a Reverend Custodia with boarding shotgun, a Cenobite with uh, a chain rifle, uh, a moderator, another moderator who's my lieutenant, a Stempazond, which is sort of your uh, toolbox forward observer bot, and a Chimera with three Pupniks. Uh, which I'm now running because I'm so used to running two of them, I never put down three Pupniks on the board. Um, uh, it then had another moderator in group two, a clockmaker and a Vostok. So this created like a um, a small Harris with the Vostok being the wild card and the moderator being sort of the glue that holds that together. Uh, Bakunin are lucky enough to be able to carry the clockmaker in those um in that link as well as a salute evo hacker and two morlocks uh this list i was i was pretty happy with um i think the and i did try sort of that nine six split which i had been i'd been sort of against for a while um for no other reason than i kind of like that 10 five however because of the way that these missions were, I needed, especially last launch and B-Pong, I needed the spread of specialists. So to have the Clockmaker and Wonder Group, have my big team with uh, Mother, Mother Agatha and the Reverend in another team, and the Stemper as well in another group. Um, so in this case, I went with the 9-6 um, uh, split with the Salute there for... Uh, Two reasons, A, to provide an extra order uh, in the missions that did provide um, the extra order to the EvoBot, as well as allowing, if I had to, which I never did, to allow the Vostok to get the firewall uh, with uh, Fairy Dust. <laughs> uh, this was really good, especially um, in Armoury. Uh, it sort of created a very interesting puzzle uh, for my opponent. Um, but it was admittedly my least uh, used list because there wasn't, there was only two really like hold necessary missions, which is B-Pong and Armory. Onto my other list, again, unimaginatively called Back on uh, Unmasking. It had a Chimera with two Pupniks, the Stigmaton, Kusanagi with the Spitfire, the Reverend Custodia Hacking Device Plus with Combi Rifle instead of the Boarding Shotgun in the last list, uh, Mother Agatha with the Vulcan Shotgun, a moder uh, Moderator, uh, Fiddler with a Zonbot attached to it, and another Moderator. Then I had a Morlock, a Salute, a Chimera with two Pupniks, another Morlock moderator, and then another moderator, which was my lieutenant. Any reason why you didn't take the jackbots on Fiddler? I know I'm jumping ahead here a little uh, bit. But... At this uh, point. No, actually, that was my, my question I was going to ask, because in our Pimp My List episodes, we had discussed some about running Fiddler with and without her jackbots. Um, running her with jackbots, she becomes a bigger target. Running her without she's now more viable as a specialist to go push buttons because people aren't going to immediately take her out from jackpots. How did yeah. you, was it just points thing then, I guess, or did you have a reason for running her that way? Yeah, it's it was just, 
It was just points. She wasn't. She was. So she's mainly there to be able to heal the Stigmaton, but mm -hmm. she's also there for last launch because she's quick, because she's got a decent dodge, immunity to crit, no winning mm -hmm. cap, all that sort of thing. It means that if I need to, she's able to get up to um, the like terminals to get her ticket mm -hmm. and then go into the uh, terminal and. Uh, zip out that mm -hmm. six two move really helps with also getting into the last launch armory mm -hmm. um the super jump as well would probably be great yeah uh super jump or climbing plus i don't remember which one uh she's got it's super just... jump when she's alone climbing plus if she's got if her uh jackpots yeah and, and she is six four thank you kevin yes ah, six four, <laughs> she, yeah he zips along on her uni wheel yeah so um yeah, that's why I didn't have it. The jackpots was just, yeah, um, okay. because she didn't, um, yeah, the, her jackpots was just because she didn't have, um, they didn't have the points to do it. Okay. Um, yeah, the, this list did, like, it did well in unmasking. It did well. I wasn't expecting to use this in last launch, but I think during um, the road to BCB, I used this particular list in last launch because I realized it could actually do it. Um, right, uh, what I say, BCP. <laughs> it's always the road to BCP. We're permanently on the road to BCB, but yeah, um, I, uh, yeah. six months. <laughs> Just having a bloody strike right now. I <laughs> uh, can't can't remember whether it's Rems. Can't remember whether it's uh, Rems or Tag. Can't remember whether it's uh, BCB or CanCon. On road to CanCon, I took a chance and used this um, as my um, list for last launch, where originally I was going to use the other one because I was thinking, oh, uh, I'll have a, a list that can hold the uh, center thing at the end really well, um, but then realized it's one point and I'd rather have a bunch of specialists that are really quick or really well defended um, they can run around the board, grab a ticket, and pull themselves out. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing, the other thing with this list is that it can alpha uh, a lot better. It can alpha really hard. Yeah, um, the 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 two chimeras uh, with two pupniks um, puts a lot of people on the back foot. I bet it does. Just a quick question. Um, how are you finding running this kind of Bakunin list over the standard Riot Girls? What's what is it that attracts the you to the to the Moiras over the Riot Girls? I mean, as boring as the answer sounds, it's pretty much just math. Uh, most of the time, that Neg Mimtivs and Neg, neg Six is going to win you. Um, roll off at like the face-to-face -face rolls so correct me if i'm wrong all of the observance side of bakunin rock that well the the, the main big profiles in it rock that mimetism neg six yeah as a defensive so every like every single i think almost every single like reverend or just observance unit has some level of mimetism the nuns have the neg six Everyone else has mimetism. Uh, so it's neg three. So even the uh, the penitent, which is the big S five, has mimetism. The sin eater has mimetism, as well as the orphan has mimetism. 
Um, so yeah, if you're facing any observant unit, it has some level of mimetism. Um, that's pretty much it. Like I said, it was kind of a challenge. Like I really liked the nuns uh, even before they came out. Um, and now when they've got the points rejiggering, they've got like the profile changed a little bit. Um, I just was having a good time with them. They, but they are, and they, they do have the same armor as Riot Girls. So they kind of have the same potential to survive a hit. Of course, having one wound over having two wounds, being uh, religious over having courage, I think the Riot Girls might have, might not. Probably the heavy infantry, right? Uh, yeah, but not every single heavy infantry has them. Actually, I, ooh, I didn't know I had it open. Uh, Riot Girls, they... Yeah, they don't have courage. What? Crazy. Yeah. Um, like the, I suppose the idea is that if you had like a right girl missile launcher and a right and a reverend sniper looking at each other, um, and ignoring the extra burst for being inactive, the uh, the reverend has a slightly better chance of winning that face to face. And that slightly better chance was the only reason I really ignored the Riot Girls for now. There's not, I, like, I, I've had this conversation uh, with uh, a podcast friend, Tristan. There's, there's nothing wrong with the Riot Girls. Um, they're not, the Moiras are not necessarily better than, um, than the Riot Girls. They're just different uh, and technically have a better chance of disadvantaging your opponent than the right girls do, but at the same time, there's a chance that the um, there's a bigger chance that the uh, the Moiras fold under like sustained fire uh, yeah. than the right girls. The other thing is the right girls. If you decide to dodge, um, you're like, oh, I want to dodge on sixteens, right? Which is incredible. Uh, the other, sorry, the other, the only other thing is that. The Riot Girl, like Spitfire and Rocket Launcher, have no other weapons. Like they've got pistols, but that's it. They've got their main weapon, and then so nothing else. So once you have to start pushing up the board with the missile launcher, you can't keep using that missile launcher because you're quickly going to get into zeros or neg three range bands. So they're, they're very the, lean profiles that don't don't have like a template weapon like the Rev, like the Moiras do, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, which again makes sense. You know, the the missile launch is only what, like thirty three points or something. Thirty two points. So it makes most it of makes sense. Points are in armor three and an extra wound. <laughs> yeah, so it makes sense um, that they don't have the extra things. But I was that was my other concern is that they would uh, that people would walk up. Real close to the missile launcher, I'd have no recourse but to try and pistol them, and it wouldn't work. And then they'd walk up, like even closer to the Spitfire, same sort of thing. All my SWCs suddenly disappeared. At the very least, and I did have it happen. At the very least, the um, the uh, Mo Moiras can go. I'll zapper you, and if you do nothing, um you get isolated and that was your one chance of doing something to my fire team. The riot girls don't have that. 
Um, as well as the Riot Girls, obviously, heavy infantry, hackable. You can make the argument because they've got the tin bot. Fair enough. All right. Hey, on to Josh. How did what list did you bring? Oh, um, so uh, like Jacob, I'm very creative with my list names. Um, so I brought uh, vanilla combined. Uh, my first list, uh, which you can see up there, is called Ski Akin uh, Version Five because that's how Ski that's how I. That's how I name my lists. Um, well, especially when testing them, and I just couldn't come up with a fun name for this one. Um, it has some weird things in it. Uh, this is a bit of a strange one for other combined armies to wrap their heads around. Uh, it has a Skiavorus in it. What? Who? What is that? Why? Who? What? Uh, so I adore this list. I put a lot of games into it, practicing it, and tweaked it a lot, as you can see by the the version five. Um, it had a fairly high win rate going into Kangakon as well, which was a nice feeling. Um, I wanted to project a little bit of hacking slash close, close assault dominance, um, in with, with combined. However, the new, newer points constraints on CA, uh, which will forever be known as the great post Novacore avatar nerf, um, meant that the typical... An athematic hacker, the big S6 heavy infantry that's mimetism and hidden deployment, um, and whip 16, uh, plus the corrupted HMG LT, also whip 16, uh, with MSV3 and the and the HMG, um, that Rob took to great success uh, at Novacore, which he called the list, uh, was a little points constrained and beyond my reach. Um, they also, like those sort of big Rambo expensive pieces aren't what I'm really used to running. Um, so I settled on a more mid-range style, uh, bringing some powerhouse uh, combined army staples in Sheskin. Um, she's six, she's got all of Achilles' stats, so she's 6-4, good in CC, great at shooting, um, brings a Red Fury plus two damage, just fantastic profile. Uh, and the Samaritan Hacker, who's like a kind of lean... Norkius, he's got the hacking device with a with Trinity upgrade. He rocks a plasma carbine and a flash pulse, and he's got that you know chuckable uh, uh, monofilament um, shuriken there in the Vorpal CC weapon, uh, as well as some newer hacking dominance dominance pieces, um, i.e. the Dartok, which is an incredible incredible profile rocking a pitcher a normal hacking device uh with an upgrade of trinity plus one damage Uh, he's got pts6 as well and dogged that guy just keeps going oh um the ski of oros uh he's uh, i took the most expensive ski of oros profile which is 60 points he's an s2 medium infantry with one structure and no wound incapacitation he's uh, a lieutenant with strategos uh, the only strategos in the in the faction outside of the avatar, with plus one command token, which is important in the new season because of um, O12's prestige. It means I can just uh, reliably use my command tokens to do what I like because I've just got that one extra as a sort of fail safe. Yeah. Um, Good for converting. No, yeah. O12 prestiging. Yeah. Exactly. The the um, the whip sixteen uh, lieutenant option with mnemonica means he's 
you know, fairly good at winning the LT rolls, and he's like the like my LT is safe basically because he can't be isolated unless by an Emirat or a emitter or EM mine or something. So, um, because he's not hackable, you can't oblivion the Skiavoros into dropping Mnemonica, which means that um, the my LT is basically always safe. I don't never will go into loss of lieutenant. Um, he rocks a plasma rifle, a nanopulsar, and possibly the scariest gun that S- uh, that CA can bring, that big old Sepsida Plus, um, which is a whip damage template, which steals your boys. Hey, Aleph player, that's no longer Yorderos, it's Outeros. Um <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant profile. So, Skiavoros Cheskin, the Samaritan hacker. Um... A couple, uh, an R-Drone in Group 1, the Dartok Kernow, who's a, um, a killer hacker with white noise. Um, plasma Rifle Decharges Pitcher, just a another classified completing machine. Um, and a, another um, Whip 14 hacker that brings Trinity plus a DS-12 Pitcher is bloody great. Um, a T-Drone Missile Launcher, just for some guided shit. Uh, an E-Drone, which is the Evo hacker. Um possibly one of the better Evo hackers to bring in this uh, mission lineup because of the um, the fact that it has a combi rifle and it's 6.4 and it's S3. So it's smaller than everybody else's, basically. Um, it has a gun. It's great. Uh, a Liberto, who's just a staple in the faction, uh, in most factions. Uh, group 2 consists of two Datarazi, an R-Drone, which is the Flash Pulse bot, and two Tagers, which I like to call my little guided missiles. Um, and list two was potentially a more, um, standard-ish combined army list that you'd sort of think. I really thought that my list one couldn't handle mimetism very well. Um, and I had a bunch of people berating me for not taking Norkius, uh, who is also, like Sheskin, just incredible. That CC25 and CC attack plus one burst outside of martial arts means that you can get around things like uh, Natural Born Warrior quite easily. Um, and possibly the worst weapons to have uh, for uh, Protheon, which is the EMCCs. Yeah, fantastic weapon. Um, I shamelessly stole this that Poly Nike's won a tournament in the US with, obviously, as you can see by the list name, saying, calling it Polynike's version four. Uh, and then I basically took a bunch of points out and jammed a Corantid into it. Um, I've just, I've just, I've just realized that I almost fought this, this list, someone else's list, except just changed the Corantid for the anathematic. Yeah. Lachlan Summer's list was very similar to this one. Yeah. Um, there's a few tweaks in there that are the sort of mine. Uh, the Caliban Engineer uh, fits very nicely into this list. It brings a slave drone. Um, and I felt I needed some help in B-Pong, so I went with the Rassiat Specialist Operative in there as well. So this list consists of a group one of uh, Norkius, Killer Hacker with Total Control plus one damage, which didn't come into use. A Rassiat Specialist Operative, um, who is just a... Parachutist DZ, combi rifle emitter decharges with eclipse grenades as well. Caliban engineer starts a bit away at the table, brings a slave drone with him. A Datarazi, of course. Uh, Coronted MSV3 
and Heavy Machine Gun, who was my lieutenant, Web 16 lieutenant. Two Immatrons, little uh, combat jumping um, veteran orders. Uh, uh, two R drones and a Liberto in that group. And rounding out group two was a Q drone, the plasma rifle version, not the HMG. Couldn't afford the HMG. Um, Data Raz, another Data Razi, the E drone, uh, and two Takers, my little guided missiles. That's my lists. Really, I think the plasma rifle was probably a decent go there because if you've got an arm, well, an objective room, uh, being able to park a total reaction plasma rifle next to it. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, yeah. 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 That's, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a. I, uh, I agree with you there. That I, it, it, just, it did do a lot of work, the old plasma rifle. Key just stu- stuffed into, like, in the doorway of a um, armory. Yep. Uh, which doesn't matter if it can't go in; it can cover the whole room. <laughs> yeah, and unlike the HMG, you don't have to put it into suppressive, which is great. So you get that extra burst. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you need to put the HMG into suppressive. It's also total reaction. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, if yeah, you're trying to cover range the range bands. range bands, right? Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, so. First mission was unmasking. Uh, Jacob, start with who'd uh, you play? Uh, I played uh, Con, so one of the guys who uh, is at the moment uh, still running TSI, and he was playing the Merovingian. Ooh. So <laughs> one you don't I, see very often. Maybe. Yes. Man after so, my own heart. Uh, anything about the table that affected your list choice? Um. No, it was a pretty standard table, pretty heavy, uh, kind of a pretty heavy, I guess, in the middle, uh, sort of towards my deployment. Um, there was a little bit of an issue. He did have a uh, a Harris, uh, Lou Guru uh, Harris, uh, with the viral sniper looking at this, like, sort of um, this gap, but... Through my practice uh, for CanCon, uh, I realized like one of the big things to do with your impetuous units that are there primarily for throwing throwing smoke is that as much as like you want your Chimera to get up into your opponent's face, the worst thing you can do is put them sort of at the cusp of like your deployment zone. And your opponent goes, I'm just going to counter deploy with this reactive piece. And you're like, well, I just wasted that order that I was trying yep. to take like super advantage of. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky enough that I could, uh, I had a, my, I had my moderators back. I could just throw a smoke cover that, um, that little corridor in the middle that we had. So, uh, moved out well, the, I was going to say, I'd ask which list you used, but I'm guessing it was the unmasking titled list. Yeah, yeah, it okay. was. Yeah. Um, so it it did pretty well. Uh, well, it it did it did what I expected it to do. Uh, unfortunately, in my first turn, um, I managed to guess correctly on the first unmasking which one was the designated target. Uh, with my stigmatron, so it went out, clicked, pressed the button. Uh, stigmatron's so good for that; it's so quick. You just you get the roll two dice on sixteens. 
mm-hmm. uh, picked the right one. It was just the one that I felt was the most heavily defended. We didn't. Mm-hmm. I suppose that was the one thing about us is that we didn't really have a spot to put. Like we didn't have a place where you could, you know, be cheeky and group three um, mm-hmm. HVTs together. It would have just. It would have just been all bad. Um, so I picked the one that I thought was his most heavily defended one. Um, got it right, but the thing took, I think, three shots of my, like, uh, Stigmatron's heavy rockets and survived all of them. I think the first one, it passed an armor save. The second one, I think it passed its dodge. And then I think the third one, or like the second one, I whiffed. Uh, so we were, we were joking because everything else, a lot of the other things he had, like sort of crumpled in front of the stigmaton is that he should have hired that HVT to actually be part of his army. Uh, in his first turn, uh, I, I didn't manage to unfortunately kill any of his, um, his designated target. I had to pull back because I didn't want to have anything sort of... Uh, uh, with its ass hanging out, especially in my tag, I didn't want mm-hmm. to have to have a fight with that harassed um, Luguru um, viral sniper. Because you know, regardless of how, like six BTS with sniper rifle damage, uh, still not going to take that fight. Uh, so I had everything placed around to sort of watch out for a crit mirage, which, sure enough, crit mirage dropped down. Um, as well as a power commander. So I had a power commander on my left, uh, Crypt Mirage on my right. Um, I got lucky. There you were stuck in the middle with your stick. Uh, luckily, uh, luckily, I actually hid my stick very well. Thank you very much. Uh, the Pupniks uh, did what Pupniks do and actually managed to dodge into the power commando, but not before he put uh, one of my decoys unconscious. Um, and I got lucky with some dodges from, and I think it was a bit of a misplay by Con, is that he walked uh, Durok through smoke into my Custodia, who couldn't see him at the time, but Wabera, who has plus three, uh, plus one to a dodge, so a three inch dodge, managed to pass her dodge and dodged into uh, Durok. Which meant that on reaction, she was like two burst and CC. Uh, so unfortunately, uh, think in his turn, he decided to attack the Custodia. And I just was like, oh, well, see you later, Custodia. And uh, hit him with uh, the trench hammer a couple of, uh, not the trench hammer, the explosive CC weapon a couple of times uh, and uh, put him down. Uh, come my second turn, uh, he also dropped down Margo. I, you know, Petrus ordered into the para uh, commando with my two uh, Pupniks, ate his para commando. Uh, Kusanagi was close to uh, was close to Margo, uh, who we put in suppressive. So I stood up and just took the chance. Um, luckily, came out on top and was able to put Margo down. And at that point, it was just sort of building up pressure on him right the chimeras i had you know obviously having two chimeras they're running down the field right they attacked he had a a core of um 
what's the what's the character's name? Like the real French character. Uh, yeah, we go. Uh, Brigadier uh, Him in a core, uh, ran into him with a chimera, you know, ate him and a bunch of other guys. Um, and yeah, just kept building up the pressure in that round. I think I ended up discovering one more of his decoys, um, but ended up, uh, he did end up killing, uh, my uh my uh designated target i killed his designated target i killed one of his decoys and luckily for me the when he attacked with the um power commando i um he only put the decoy to unconscious so uh Wabara was able to get over to him and res resurrect the decoy um, well it was it was a it was a choice between going and killing his other decoy or resurrecting um, my decoy. And it was a case at that point of, I could, I had enough orders to try and do both. So I discovered his last decoy. And I was like, if I resurrect her, we'll just end the game here. If I kill, because I've done it before with a bearer, right? If I kill the decoy, my decoy, I'll obviously take a shot at um, your other guy. I think uh, Kusanagi was right there to just, lay into it with the spitfire so yeah it ended up being i think i think that was score was eight eight two eight one something like that um yep. but yeah it was just sort of it, the the you know the list did what it what it wanted to do pushed up really hard specialists fantastic yes. um and so i i I love the stick now. It's for anything that's like a specialist mission, it's so good. Very cool. Nice. So, how did unmasking go for you, Josh? Who'd you play? Oh, uh, I played Lachlan from Sydney. He was also on Combined Army. Um, uh, he used me as a stepping stone in his way to Nova Corps victory two years ago. So, this is a little bit of a rematch in the making. Um,. Anything yeah. note about the table before uh, picking Lear list? Uh, well, I don't think the table can really determine my list choice, but I will show you guys the table um, because you can make of it what you will. Um, Novacore, the TO's got a little bit... Um, they just had some misinformation regarding um, the amount of players that they had going on. Um, as you can see there, that's the table. Um, and so, so they didn't actually have enough tables at the event when we started. Uh, thankfully there was enough, um, uh, there was enough terrain to sort of scratch build. There were three tables to build. So there was enough terrain to scratch build. Unfortunately, Lachlan's and I, mine was the very scratch built one. Um, and we had a, we had some, a big discussion before the game about, um, about how to play this table and it actually played pretty well after after a discussion about some rules so the big one was these um these trees that you can see here uh we played them as basically fully as long as you were behind them they were fully fully opaque you couldn't you couldn't see them uh if you were inside them uh you could um 
if you're inside them, you could see, you could um, you could tow in and see through them out, out into and out of, but not through. And once you were inside them, it's kind of like being in a forest. You were always in cover, basically, is how we played it. We didn't bother with like sat zones or or low vis or anything like that. But it was just unfortunately just the way that it shook out. There was there wasn't enough tables to go around, um, uh, which is you know it, it, it's pretty disappointing. But also you know they they. Um, I think they got a bit screwed over by the announcement of how many ticket sales they had made um, before the event by the by the Canberra Game Society. So, not sure whose fault it was, but Lachlan and I had a fun fifteen minutes before our <laughs> before our um, game, just shoving this table together. I mean, we had to play into lunch, um, but that's okay. Um, so, it just goes to show that you can make sort of any tables work for you, provided you have a good discussion with your opponent prior to the game about... I mean, this, this about almost feels like those pictures we see of, like, US tables that have, like, two, ah. like, four buildings. No. <laughs> I'm it's curious, very... with the trenches in the middle, I can't really see from the picture, how... Were those tall enough to block line of sight to, like, models that are prone, at least? Uh, or... Can I... Let's see if I can zoom in for you. Uh, yes, they would block line of sight for things that were prone. Mm -hmm. um, we ruled them as being sort of S1 height. So they, okay. you, we, they, we allowed it to sort of a tager to vault over the top of them, which was pretty important for mm -hmm. both of our lists. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you could gain cover by sitting behind them and okay. also the prone model couldn't see them. It was... It was pretty rough. Um, this was actually taken in round two... Uh, by me, so it's not my army being deployed here. Um, but this is the side that I picked. Um, and uh, it, in terms of it, my list choice, I, I used my Sea of Oros list. Um, I wanted to suck some of the hacking advantage away from from Lachlan. Mm -hmm. uh, so I thought the and I and I thought the Coronta Del T might be a bit vulnerable to. Um, a pitcher and oblivion which would put me in loss yes. of lieutenant so um I, I i i was like oh i'll 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 take i'll take first i'll i mean i'll take my ski of so hopefully i can go first and hopefully i can just um kind of um put yeah you know, that table looks open enough that you can probably put a pitcher anywhere you want basically yeah uh so I did win the LT round. We were both on 16s. Um, because I know that Lachlan isn't insane, I knew he was either going to be on the Anathematic or the Corontive, Um because uh, no one in their right main plays a ski of Oros like me. Um, I elected to go first, uh, which um, just sort of, I'll um, just, just to, like I said, regain some of that hacking dom dominance. Uh, I was able to place a. I was going to use a Dartok, which was deployed down here, or uh, yeah, down here, um, to put we, a repeat. We can't see, you can't see my cursor. Ah, oh, Sag. Uh, maybe I can do some cheeky drawing. Um, no, nah, can't be bothered. Um, so uh, oh, now we can see your mouse. Okay, you can't. Oh, oh, it's because I was in full screen. Uh, so I was able to. My Dartok was down here, um, and his Norkius was deployed prone here, and his Anathematic was deployed in. Um, uh, in camouflage behind this building here. So I was able to walk the Dato Cop, press this button, discover his designated target in one go, just like um like Jacob did, 
and I plopped a repeater right there because um, I could see through. There was a little gap in the trench that I could see through to this point here. Then I walked the Dartok this way, and declare and he declared Trinity on me with Norkius, and I declared Trinity back, and I put a wound on Norkius. Then I kept walking, and this was sort of getting towards the end of my turn. Um, there was a couple of face to face rolls um, that didn't exactly go my way, uh, uh, and then so the Dartok ended up on four wounds here. I just moved here. Norkis declared Trinity. It was my last order of the game, and he revealed his anathematic in Aero. Um, so I went, uh, screw the anathematic. I'm going to kill Norkis. So I was like, I'm BTS 9. Dartok's BTS 9 behind this repeater, so I'll just kill Norkis. I did end up killing Norkis. Dartok didn't have, did nothing happen to the Dartok because, once again, he's BTS 9 behind the repeater, so he doesn't, um, think that, uh, that is true. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, I am. He put his uh, Norkius and his Nathematic both within repeater range of each other, so I could pop a repeater between them and threaten both the Nathematic and the Tata and the Norkius with my um, with my repeater coverage. So round one ended with his designated target um, deployed. Uh, his designated target um, revealed. Um, Norkius dead, and the Nathematic revealed. He did some, in his turn two, did some impetuous stuff and some irregular stuff. Um, he managed to snipe my Dartok with a Tager, which is fine. I thought this would be a casualty when he was, if he was up the table a little bit. Uh, and then he decided to sick the anathematic on my hackers through my own repeater. Um, so I had Sorry. two hackers left. I had Kernow, who was a Whip 17 Trinity, Whip 14 Trinity, so plus three for, for, for Trinity, make it 17. And I had the Samaritan, which is also Whip 17 Trinity. Um, so the Anathematic, the, the unstoppable force into my incredibly movable objects um, didn't go exactly as planned for him. Six orders later, Kurnow dead, I'm a Samaritan on no winding cap, and the Anathematic had been killed by my Samaritan in ARO. Do you split fire? Because he's got burst for Trinity, doesn't he? He split burst the first couple of times, which ended up killing Kurnow, but um, the Samaritan just would not stop rolling 16s. Which oh, means you... that oh, which no, means like he crit, couldn't yeah. he couldn't crit uh, he, he had to crit me to to hit mm. um, and it just didn't happen for him, unfortunately. So yeah. um, it was just a less and just intense, intense dicing, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, uh, so uh, he that was basically his whole turn was trying to trying to put those um, those pieces into into me, uh, like trying trying to trying to kill those hackers, and it just didn't unfortunately didn't work out for him. Um, he lost his main two pieces. He managed to play um, pretty well through that. Uh, he mnemonicked into, I think he had a a, a Caliban. He had a Caliban engineer, so he mnemonicked into that. Um, I managed to muck around, but because the table's so open, he had a Q drone. It was very difficult for me to assault some of these positions, and also I had to try and get his HVTs as well. Um, so how the game ended up was a five-three victory to me. Um, 
mostly due to one, his unlucky dice with the anathematic, and two, my incredibly lucky dice with a um, with a decoy um, who kept dodging stuff from the Caliban. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I I dodged and crit dodged um, against the Caliban and everything a bunch to to make sure that he wouldn't die to um, some some shots. So, sometimes these uh, these designated targets and decoys are like they outperform the entirety of the rest of your army. They're just like, yeah. nah, I don't, yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna die. I'm like, I'm just gonna keep dodging and passing armor saves. Tag rocket played, to the face. Nah. Have you ever played? Uh, have you ever played against Quang Shi? Quang Shi are the same. They will, they will do everything they can to make sure that your game is ruined by them having a pistol. Like it's just, it's silly. I mean, Basically. how many? T- I mean, how many times have you seen? Uh, a Dada Razi, it's like, I oh, just take a pistol shot against pistol like, shot. An armor, uh, armor six uh, thing. Bam. Pff, oh, there's a wound. <laughs> yeah. Any cues? I think I managed to play that one pretty well, but, you know, once again, it was just dice, unfortunately. All right. Back to Jacob's lists. Uh, oh, that's me. Yep. Uh, sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> Yes, so mission two. So coming off of a win for you, Jacob, we've got B-Pong. Yeah, if anyone was thinking this is going to be like a fucking great story from here on out, no, this is this is where I start. Like I got to the top of the hill and this is me tripping. <laughs> uh, so it's B-Pong. Um, I had practiced B-Pong a little bit. And the only sort of realization I came to was go second. Uh, and that worked, has been working in practice. However, what I hadn't practiced against was what my opponent brought against me, which was a vanilla army. So I obviously, I took my uh, Bakun and Hold list and I was playing against uh ryan who ended up coming second third i can't quite remember second ryan came second second. um and fair enough because i he it was like quintessential his list was like quintessential vanilla uh faction list uh that combined with him looking at the table so he so he won the roll off Pick deployment, him deploying second, uh, and him picking the side. And I guess knowing enough about Bakunin and the, the potential for, let's say, um, you know, Riot Guild Link, Reverend Moira Link, mm-hmm. uh, looked at the table and picked just the perfect side uh, for him because it. So he, he essentially took the more defensible side, um, which meant that I had maybe like one sort of sniperish sort of tower. It was like two buildings with a bridge between them, and I just could not find a place for my other ones, which is kudos to uh, Ryan. There's a reason he came second, um, because it was just... I, I looked at it going, this deployment, I'm, this deployment sucks. Uh, anyway, tried my hardest. Uh, to do that, I took I hard second him, which was my second mistake. 
Um, having not played many vanilla armies uh, for a, a very, a very long time. Uh, yeah, I made the mistake of letting him have first turn. Uh, so I set up. He oh, you didn't up. hard. You didn't hard second, did you? That's what I said. Oh yes, I hard second. Oh goodness me! Yeah. Well, I I blame the Melbourne community. I haven't played <laughs> a fucking vanilla army in ages. <laughs> uh, anyway, look, I've a, a very humbling learning experience. Um, so I only really have to cover his first turn and my second turn, and I think that pretty much does the entire. Uh, the entire game. So his army consisted of a bunch of Quan Chi, some monks, what looked like a Shen, uh, an invisible Hak Tao, and a blue tiger. Oh, and uh, what's his face? Um, blue, blue wolf, Jimmy. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, blue wolf. Sorry, we kept calling him tiger at the event. Uh, a blue wolf and uh, Crit Cockrum. Uh, and pretty much he just shoved uh, the blue wolf down my throat um, and followed that up with the hack tower. Uh, so blue wolf runs down, starts spit firing just everything, and Ryan pretty much sacrificed like a high scoring first turn to go after my lieutenant. So he's uh, he's like, okay, I'm just gonna go and kill every single moderator that I can see on the table. Um, I should Not have done a better... <laughs> yeah, I should have... I should have probably hitted them better, um, which I didn't. There was enough where, like, the Blue Wolf could get on crates and stuff like that, um, and, like, finagle angles to be able to see all of them. Uh, killed every single moder uh, moderator. Uh, killed the, the Stemper, the... Vostok, the Clockmaker. I think even the Chimeras. I think a, a Morlock. There was eight things that he killed. Um, in his first turn. Between the Blue Wolf and the Hacktail. Uh, so, second turn, started in Loss of Lieutenant. Didn't do much. I think I burned all of my command tokens because there was not much else I could do. Uh, with them at that point, there was no point in like hoping for like a clutch O12 prestige. I was just gonna have to hope for um, end of turn, you know, still having enough orders. So I think on my turn, I just reorganized to try and cover the blue wolf from moving, uh, as well as the hack tower. Tried to tried to put the hack tower down. Um, I don't know. Maybe I got a hit off of it. Maybe I didn't. Um, but it went prone, so I couldn't see it anymore. Um, his second turn was spent not doing a huge amount to me. I don't, I'm, he may have killed my custodia to stop me from hacking his hack tower and his blue wolf. Cause I did fire its pictures, uh, to cover both of them. Uh, but except for that, I don't think he did much necessarily in his turn, um, other than, Yeah, I think the only thing you... Other than, like, pushing a, at the buttons around, which makes sense. B-Pong is, like, an order-intensive mission. <laughs> um, and it's... Like, if you want to do, a, like, a high-scoring going first, you have to do a lot to sort of keep me down. Um, 
I did my best on my second turn, which is I pulled out my big defensive fire team. I killed um, what I thought was a Shen was actually a killer hacker Tian Gao. So I ended up killing the Tian Gao. I ended up killing a monk, uh, pressing the button to pull the, the, um, the beacon away from what was holding it in my side. So I put it back into the middle. Uh, so second turn was a 1-1 one, one to each of us. So at that point, it was 1 to him. Uh, sorry, 2 to him and 1 to me. Uh, which I did kind of put him a little bit on the back foot because if he had left my four guys uh, alive, I guess, um, I could have sort of maybe gotten myself around to hold that point at the end of the game. Um, but again, a blue wolf just decided to show why it's certainly not a B tier tag. Um, came up to my um, team and just started spraying them down. I think in the end it took a zapper to the face. Something bricked it. I'm not quite sure what it was. Um, but at that point... I think at the very end of the game, I had the Moira Sniper left. Oh, dear. Um, oh. Who, who, admittedly, having the Moira Sniper left did mean that I could do one irregular order and um, uh, touch, a th uh, touch the thing. Um, but in a true display of how difficult B-Pong is, even with all of that, like, like kicking the shit out of me that much, it was still only a six-two to Ryan. Oh, that's yeah. right. Which is like, it's that weird thing where you know when sometimes you like you lose, and the person who's winning says like, "Oh yeah," but the score doesn't really reflect like how difficult this, like how to and fro this game's going. I'm just mm -hmm. sort of um, like just to keep ahead, to, like yeah. just yeah. managing to keep ahead. This was a case of the score didn't reflect how much I was getting my ass fucking kicked. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I, afterwards, like I said, second turn and afterwards Ryan. And I like, I, I realize now um, that I think I have to potentially go back and practice. I still love Bakunin. And I think I'm going to keep running them, but I got to practice some vanilla games to get a grasp on, truly having three like actually like only having really three hit pieces but they are the biggest hit pieces in your entire army roster everything else is a cheerleader um and vanilla eugene definitely like exemplify that especially coming into n4 the fact that you can cancel the kuang shi's impetuous orders um he was just able to fuel these like massively good hit pieces um in the Pactow and the Blue Wolf. And there was nothing I could really do to stop him. Looking back at it, if I had gone first, maybe I could have put up like a defensive sort of position. Like maybe run the Chimera into like Alpha. Um his 
a blue wolf. Like, I don't know if I'd kill it because obviously it's BTS and blue wolf still has BTS 6, but at least hold it in combat and then get fucking annihilated when a monk r- rolls up and he just bursts three. If nothing else, if you had gone first, you could have layered your defenses and spread them out more. So it, he yeah. wouldn't have been able to yeah. get more. He wouldn't be able to run to one place and then run through your army. I think I think the main thing is I probably would have. Uh, I mean, completely got me. I didn't think I thought he had a Shen. Um, I guess I, I like I also need to know more about Yuxing's points. Um, but oh yeah, I would have been able to put out like hackers for my custodia to hopefully um, start shutting down heavy infantry and spotlighting things and all that sort of thing. Could have had a fight between the sniper and the um, like the HMG or the uh, so or the, so the sniper and the blue wolf or the HMG and the blue wolf. Yeah, I mean. I think I, I just didn't have enough confidence going into B-Pong that I could win it if I didn't go second. Fair enough. I think <clears throat> I, had, I had the same feeling um, as well. B-Pong was probably my weakest mission. Yeah. So how did that go in. for you? Uh, okay. Um, well, just to remind everybody what my lists are, um, I was on... Uh, um, I played... Um, Rob, who is a Canberra local, uh, and he was playing Bakunin, uh, and Rob went on to win the tournament, so I was his second stepping stone. Uh, so, so in round two, you played the winner, and Jacob played the runner-up. Yeah. yeah. Of the overall tournament. Okay. Yeah, we're just king-making guys here. Like, yeah. it's just, yeah. 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 Rob was going to win, and there's nothing I can do about that. Uh, <clears throat> the table it was it was nice. It was I think it's a um, I think it's a can like a Canberra staple. Um, I've seen it. I think I've seen it before in um, Rob Cantrell's videos. Whoops, change didn't do that properly. Uh, I'll show people who can see um, what the table looked like. Uh, it was this one. Um, <clears throat> it's a nice yeah, that table. Looks, that looks familiar. <laughs> It's a nice table. We've gotten um, we we had sort of a good discussion about the rules on it. Um, all the red doors go to each other, um, so there's like a, just a short skill you can zip to another um, red door. Um, yeah, uh, it was it was it was a good table. It looks both. It's it looks dense, but it's very open around that um, around that armory and um, that made a big difference in our game yeah. I, um, I, I like i like these sort of tables that are sort of dense in the deployment zones and open up a little bit in the middle yeah um it makes certain factions really good <laughs> you ended up with the beacon starting in the middle of an objective room that wasn't yeah. an objective room no yeah uh, we okay. were still infinitely tall mm-hmm. um and we played it as true line of fire we didn't play it as mm-hmm. into an out of not through it didn't really okay. make that much of a difference but that's how we played it mm-hmm. um uh it, yeah it was a good table um and because of how uh, open it looked to me in the middle there i ran my caronted list as a just as so i had a gun yep um that could take it 
um, which arguably was a bad choice, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that. Um, I'm sure that we'll discuss this in um, lots of detail when when Rob comes on for the um, winner's recap, because I would really love it. Well, yes, when when Rob comes on for the winner's recap, because I'd really like to, to hear his thoughts about um, how, he's, how he went into that um, table uh, and the mission. Uh, I think that's a, a big one. But I do um, have some things to say about, like, my mistakes. Um, I didn't play this game incredibly well, uh, and I have some really big takeaways. Rather than, rather than run, play, ugh, run through a play-by-play, I'd rather to just talk about... Uh, my mistakes in the game and um and uh and um yeah how how i could have played those a little bit better oh, yeah yeah go for um, the highlights yeah so uh number one um my number one big mistake is uh always put down a tag when an engineer's right behind right beside it rather than leaving it unconscious um yes so i did that in my uh so i won the i won the lt role and chose to um, pick deployment. So I picked deployment and Rob chose to go first, which I was kind of not expecting, but um, uh, it's fair enough. It's hard to defend against a a combined army alpha strike as much as it is hard to defend against a nomad alpha strike. So I think it was probably a correct choice. Um, uh, So in my... his, His turn didn't accomplish a lot other than putting a Morlock on a... On the beacon, uh, a camera marker on uh, a Morlock on one console, camera marker on the other console, and um, his Chimera on the beacon, which was netting him uh, three points because the, the beacon was in my side because he pushed it with the camera marker, which was a zero killer hacker. Um, my turn, I looped around, put some smoke down, and tried to take out his Stig Stigmata. Um, so that's this is where lesson number one comes in. Um, that stigmata was also duoed with uh, the orphan engineer or penitent engineer, no, one of them. Orphan, orphan yeah, engineer, um, uh, and um, I elected to put it unconscious and then completely ignore it, um, which was a mistake. Um, number two, impersonation is only one turn away from being a in, in, being a very vulnerable Norkius. Um, <laughs> I, with the orders that I had remaining after the push with the Caronted and not taking out the Stigmata, I pushed up a little bit with Norkius um, and sort of left him on a rooftop um, looking at his zero hacker camera marker. He then popped up with a Morlock and discover shot it with an assault pistol a lot and killed it <laughs> a lot, very dead. Um, which brings me to number threes. Um, thing look at your unit profiles remember that norkius has bioimmunity because i didn't remember that norkius had bioimmunity and i'm fairly certain i failed some of those rolls against that assault pistol by one so um it's a <laughs> definitely a good um good learning opportunity to to know your profiles very well might have made a difference probably wouldn't have um rob held a very commanding position with a with a with the total reaction HMG bot and a core linked right go missile launcher, and I just simply didn't have the guns or I didn't position my guns well enough to deal with it. Uh, so after the Norkis and the Coronted were, were were dealt dealt with by uh, by Rob, um, and I flubbed some stuff with the Rassiat Specialist Operative in my turn two, um, 
I decided to concede the game to Rob for a uh, nice little early 8-0 victory for him so I could grab some lunch <laughs> after not getting any after um, Lockie and Myers game because we had to play long because building a table. So, uh, yeah. Lesson number four, it's okay to admit defeat when you know you've been beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, and that's, I mean, just going back to quickly on Bakuna, that's where the, the right girl sort of shine is. You had the Corrented and his MSV, for the most part, meant nothing. Yeah. Well, I smoked, I smoked, I smoked, I smoked shot the Stig, which meant like that it was oh, sure, yeah. slightly better odds to, to put the Stigmata down. But other than that, like that's, that's all that the MSV3 did. Didn't do anything else. Hmm. Back to Jacob, I think. Oh, oh did you want to... Uh, number three was countermeasures. Yeah, do we want to take a quick break and we'll go through the last three? Sure. Yeah, it works. Do that. All right. Uh, we'll be back, guys. Uh, welcome back, listeners. We're back from our break to get into the third round of CanCon 2024 uh, countermeasures. Yeah. So... Closing out day one, both of you are on a win and a loss. Yeah, well, it's not going to get much better for me. <laughs> and I don't know if it's going to get much better for Josh either. Well, uh, hey, I did did come 10 places above you, so must do. I must do something. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah it's... <laughs> Wrapping up the tie breaks. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I took so my unmasking... I took my unmasking uh, list. This one I played. I wish I could remember um, his name, but he was a vanilla Hakuslam player, uh, which I had been kind of dreading because in my practice games, one of the factions that I was having the biggest trouble dealing with was uh, admittedly a little bit more on like the Rama task force uh, side, but the pieces I was having trouble with were. Like the MSV2, Koeij, the uh, Mukta MSV2. MSVU, Red Fury, yeah. Yeah, um, the Yara Haddad. I I was just having trouble putting down anything that was like no winning cap, shock immune, mimetism with MSV2, which Mm -hmm. Hakazlam actually just have a lot of. Um, they're all fast. Some of them are specialist operatives. I think the Mukhtar or something might be. The Mukhtar isn't, but he's got a different specialist profile. Uh, they've got a doctor. Yeah. You played um, KJ Car 2 was his ITS name. Uh, I'm not go. sure where he came, but that is was the ITS name. Yeah. He, so I, he came 12th. Yeah, I apologize uh, for not uh, remembering your name, buddy, but... Uh, as you can probably um, guess, um, he, I wouldn't say necessarily kicked the crap out of me, but I just, it was sort of just like a slow burn uh, to him winning. Uh, he did win the roll-off, which was unfortunate because the first, two of the first ones to be revealed was Net Undermine and the, uh, I think the Forward Observe, uh, nano espionage. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, and so I was already like, okay, I can't stop him from doing net undermining. 
because there's plenty of blocking terrain on the particular map we got. Uh, and I can't really stop him doing nano espionage because he had two Berids. So I was like, there's just going to be a picture near one of my... Um, HVTs. HVTs, and he's just going to use the other Berid that he had to forward observe. I think it's called HVT uh, designation, though, when you're talking about. Yeah, you might be right. It's the, it's the one where you have to do uh, two forward observes. On a HVT, yeah. Designation yeah, on a HVT. Mm. Yeah, sorry. The Nano Espionage, I think, is like the NEG3 yeah. um, hacking program. And then he... So he, he discarded one of the ones that we had and pulled data scan. And I was just like, shit. Because in his first turn... Because the list I had wasn't necessarily great at like an ARO presence because it's designed for the ones where you... You know, the, the like unmasking and counter measures where you sort of your objective is not necessarily to kill, but to actually do things with with, mm -hmm. with your turn. Yeah. And I was like, I can't stop him from doing any of these. Um, and sure enough, he comes up, he puts down, uh, he shoots a picture near my HVT. He with his um, killer hacker berid. Um, he then. Uh, he then puts. Uh, he then puts. Uh, yeah, sorry. He puts in the picture, does the forward observe on the H, uh, HVT with his other berid. So he had uh, a killer hacker and a um, regular hacker. Uh, and a normal berid, normal hacking device. He then uh, he had the one of the character Coom riders, uh, the one that starts with the C. Uh, the they both start with C. Flamethrowers or the berserk. Oh, do they both start with Z? Yeah, Zalekia. Oh, their names yeah. are almost identical. Was oh, it the okay. flamethrowers and pistols or the berserk? I think it. I oh, you know what? No fucking clue. <laughs> so it wasn't important. Um, okay. Yeah, but main thing is it just drove up, got into my half of the table, did net uh, net undermining, mm. um, mm -hmm. and then just went up to uh, with his killer hacker to one of my um, guys that was. Um, and like not an ARO, and did data scan, which was what he got when he disc discarded one of the cards for another one. So there there wasn't much in uh, his first turn that I could really do to stop him from getting all three of those objectives. That's right. Uh, yeah, two of them sort of. I mean, like again, it's this sort of. If it hadn't necessarily been Huck Islam, like maybe um, data scan or. Uh, designation would have been a little bit harder for him, but it's just like hmm. Huck Islam just has the tools to, you know, have a hacker all the way, in, like the hacker all the way in the back corner who can just go, oh yeah, I've got these two pictures here, bam, I do that thing from the, my back corner. Um, sure. Uh, my turn, I draw... Data scan has to be in zone of control, can't be in hacking area. No, no, I, I know, I know that, I know that, I know that. Yeah, so, okay, good. Um, but yes, it is. It is hard, hard to counteract that kind of stuff when you're, um, yeah. you know, we you, you don't have any sort of way to stop them just dropping a picture on your HVTs and then, yeah, well, yeah. And I, I want like I want to preface this. If this sounds like I'm saying that like, he just got lucky and that's the reason he won, that's not the case at all. Um, I think with countermeasures, it is sometimes a combination of right. The prioritizing things right, having the right list, and yeah, sometimes a little bit of luck with what you draw. 
right, in the way that the board state was. It was a perfect first turn for him. And, you know, that's just the way countermeasures goes. Uh, I drew three. I got follow-up. Uh, I got follow-up. The one, uh, like, the, the one where you have to forward observe an enemy model. Uh, and I think... Yeah, and I think I got retro engineering. Sure. And I just didn't have enough um, orders to do all three of them. So I managed to do follow up. I managed to do um, the forward observing an enemy model. And I just couldn't do retro engineering because um, at that point I would have had to, um, like, I would have had to put orders into both my Harris as well as my Fiddler. It just wasn't going to happen. Um, come his turn, I think he ended up, uh, he ended up ditching his, um, he ended up ditching retro engineering. He didn't have an engineer, so no point in him keeping that. Um, I didn't, like, I don't remember exactly all the, um, classifieds that he got, but fair to say that he, I don't think he, I mean, he got maximum points for, uh, his... He got maximum points for uh, his uh, his objectives. He did manage to complete. I think honestly, he completed nine of them. I don't think he failed to get any of them. Mm. Well done. I had yeah, no, really well done for him. Um, Like I said, just the the list was just this like toolboxes. I did have some unfortunate thing because he did manage to get combat support, which is the old like uh, experimental medicine test run Mm -hmm. sort of thing. I did have the unfortunate. Uh, luck of I put two things in like unconscious and he did have the Asawira uh, just run up and heal uh, like, uh, what, I think is like a Coom, just like a generic Coom uh, biker mm-hmm. um, so yeah there was like you know a little bit of luck in the way that like the board state ended up for him mm-hmm. um, but the biggest sort of takeaway I took from this is A, I think I like this list. I think it needs a little bit more work. Um, I, as much as I like the two chi- chimeras, um, and it's funny and gross. Um, I think when it comes to uh, missions like countermeasures, which was my least practice mission, um, like what does a second chimera do for me? Nothing. Um, it doesn't do anything unless I had predator. Um, which. Uh, yeah, unless there's Predator and I'm in the right position, it doesn't really do a huge amount. And taking a look at Rob White's list, I wish I had spent a little bit more time looking at the, the possible duos because I was never going to use Fiddler to repair um, the only other thing it could, which is the Salute. Maybe, maybe I could have used her to resurrect a Chimera, you know, at some point. I wish I had looked harder and saw that I could duo an orphan because that would have made this list way stronger. Right, it would have meant that I could move the orphan out with the attack awareness order. It means that like the retro engineering, I can have this big attack piece push up with its specialist with him. Right, I can be ready for like let's say when the um uh when combat support comes out right? i can be ready to um 
you know, just go ham with the Stigmatron, hopefully take a wound and then heal it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this list was trying to do something that was just not quite tuned to what countermeasures was, while as in my opponent had this great, like, toolboxy list that could fight, could heal, um, and could do a whole bunch of stuff. Like, like, yeah, could fight, could heal, right, could do melee, could do shooting, could deal with my mimetism, could deal with my hacking. Um, and I just didn't have the appropriate responses to that. And two chimeras, which is sort of the like the funny thing of this list, is just not is just not enough to um, counter something like that. Would the two chimeras have worked if you went first? No, nah, because I'd, I'd I wouldn't be able to. Maybe the second chimera could have pushed out because it it would have like six orders to. Like, fill. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so I'm wondering, going into vanilla, would you be able to jam chimeras in there and hunt and scalpel specialists? I probably could have gone for. I probably could have gone for his like generic hacker mm-hmm. with my other specialist. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe gone for Yara Haddad as well. Mm-hmm. Look, it may have been a closer game, uh, but like running it back in my running it back in my mind, that particular chimera was sort of on the other side of the table, away from the rest of the actual um, mm-hmm. action. I think if I had, look, if I had gone first, mm-hmm. I would have been at a very good position at the very beginning because again, right, you know, if I couldn't stop him from doing um, all the objectives in his first turn, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would have been able to stop me. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's it's you know it's net undermine. It's you know, designated HVT or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right, it's a very the very simple uh, things to do if you've got the right tools to do them, mm-hmm. and you, they can all be done from behind walls and out of line of sight and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. So um, yeah, if I had gone first, I would have been in a good position. Would it have made a difference? It, what it would have made a difference is that second group. I could have really pushed the Chimera to do something. I probably honestly would have killed Yara Haddad. That's probably what would have happened. Mm-hmm. I would have killed her and I don't remember how close the other Barid was, but maybe killed the other Barid. Maybe. Okay. Um, would I have won out off of that? Mm-hmm. Who knows? I mean, in the end, he did have like capture, um, which requires him to, you know, be in contact with something in a null. Um, state mm-hmm. so my chimera being in the back there dies and then he gets captured just as easily mm-hmm. um, as he ended up getting it anyway so yes no maybe i don't know don't repeat the question <laughs> how do things go for you then josh um okay so um back to me back to my lists um I played uh, Josh, who's a Vic local. Um, he was on TAC. Um, I've played a few games against Josh, uh, and he and they, they're always um, like very close 
down to the wire, nail biting, like edgy seat kind of kind of games. They um, we go hard and generally come out with a really close score. Um, and I haven't ever won against him, so he's we've only drawn against him and lost to him, which was um, you know, nice. Um, he just has my number somehow. Uh, <laughs> this table, the table that I played on was pretty bare bones as well. It was one of the tables that was set up um, at the start of the day. Um, and quick while Kevin's away, I'll show it to you because he was scared of the last table I put up on the um, up on the thing. Uh, which table was it? It was... Yeah, I should this... point out well, uh, the table I, I played on, also my opponent. Um, like I, I can't remember how I managed to get on the side that I did, but it was just a difficult table to play, very open. Yeah. So Kevin's gonna scream uh, at this. Oh Jesus! Um, yeah. It's very bare. Yes, it is. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Scatter is for, for a dregs table. I've seen worse. Yeah. Um, so this I is think yeah. some of those scatters should be a little bit taller. Oh yeah, big time. Um, so it was rough going into this one. Um, uh, it was it was entirely scatter. Um, it's pretty rough. Um, it allowed. I lost the roll on this one, I think. Uh, and it kind of allowed Josh to set up a really big. Oh no, because he must he. I think he decided to go first, and I must have played Lazy Finity and deployed on this side for some re- for some reason or another. Um, I I think I mistakenly used the Coronted list for this one. I um, have gone into this playing a few games against Tack, and I have a kind of mantra um, against Tack, and it's don't respect them, uh, don't respect the camo markers. They don't matter. They don't do anything to you. So don't don't respect Tack. Um, and what did I do when I picked my list? I entirely respected Tack, and took the Coronted as my anti camo marker um, defense. Um, so they're not real. They can't hurt you. So um, I yeah I did the wrong thing and I took the Coronted list. Um, the and also the openness of the table sort of and just meant that my I didn't think my Skiavorus list could really deal with it. Had I known he'd been playing a core link of Frontovix, the Skiavorus list would have been fine because I could just white noise the Frontovix and go do whatever I wanted. Um, but unfortunately, it just didn't. And also, my Skiavorus is way better at completing class fights than my Coronted list, um, as you um, may be able to see when I flick back to it so I don't have to hurt my eyes with this table anymore. Um, the main glaring main thing is that uh, this list has no normal hackers in it, which means that when the fir- the opening roll of um, spotlight an enemy spotlight a HVT and something came up, um, I couldn't complete any of the classifieds, which was really um, not good. Uh, they almost the opposite problem with our cards, where uh-huh. instead so, of being easy to do, they were incredibly or oh, impossible. Yeah, they were pretty hard. Um, so uh, Josh went first. Um, he tried to flash pole. Uh, he tried to 
um, bring up a forward observer scout to like flash pulse uh, my fla- uh, to, to sorry to forward observer flash pulse spot that I had an ARO, but I crit my flash pulse and he tucked him his scout back away. Um, then he made a run with a dog warrior to try and assassinate my Caronted because he knew that a Caronted would be the piece that kind of hurt him a bit as well as Norkius. Um, uh, however, he was just un- just just a little unfortunate. Only managed to get the Caronted into NWI. Um, he took out a tag for his efforts, and then I managed to plasma Q drone the dog warrior to death. Um, because total immunity doesn't affect plasma. Like while in combat with the Caronted, he wasn't in close combat with the Caronted. He was just using chain rifles to do it. Basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he wanted to get you get chain rifles across multiple units, um, and in doing so, super jumped his um, dog warrior into view of my Q drone, um, and I think he got a tager for his efforts. My Caronted went to no winding cap, and he lost his um, he lost his boy to my um, my Q drone. Just put it down. Um. And then he ran a uh, the the TM Courier, the TR Urengan, um bot, which is Urengan is a is a weird weapon. Um, it's like rifle range bands, um, and it's AP plus shock, and you can it's guided and it's spec fire. Uh, it's it's a really quite strange strange weapon. Um, and so he ran it up as far as he could, um, and tried to spec fire Norkius with it. Um, nothing happened because Norkius dodges on a 12 in that circumstance and he was trying to hit me on like fives or eights and it just like nothing happened to Norkius. It was fine. Um, but he ended up with a TR bot basically right outside my DZ. Uh, my first turn, um, I pushed the Caronted forward, took out the TR bot and... Um, uh, made a, made the same mistake I made against Rob, which was I put down his uh, front of it sniper that he had sort of watching the table um, and didn't put it down all the way. I just left it unconscious and I went on to dis- discover shoot a bunch of shit, um, which I shouldn't have bothered discover shooting and should have just shot the 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 the, the thing again and um, and killed it because. The very next turn, he started to get away from me by completing classifieds like use a paramedic or doctor to heal <laughs> to recover a unit oh. or something. So he climbed. He did the long skill climb on the front of it, paramedic, and and shot the. Um, could, you uh, have, could you have actually put the front of it to dead? Yes. Yeah. He had okay. he had them both prone. He had both the front of it heavy rocket launcher and a front of it sniper prone on that rooftop, and I could see. Them both, if I put them into, if I if I did weird positions, because you put them right against the edge of the of the buildings. So. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. So it's not. I thought it, I thought like if he's behind a parapet. No, no, there's no parapets. Have a look at that. <laughs> I will show you once again. I will show you this table. Uh, there are no parapets on this table. It is very bare. Um, he had his front of a sniper on the orange, the the tall orange one right at the back. Oh, okay. Were you like? Yeah. Oh, okay, right, yeah, I can see. So I put uh, the Caronted in the corner of the armory room 
and pe- peeked out in smoke and shot the um shot the front of it sniper that way. But it um Front's brave. It's fine. No, no, brave, brave on him with his front of X. Eh, it's fine. They worked. It worked for him. Um, uh, yeah. So I just couldn't complete any classifieds because I had a shit list, and um, uh, I I snap picked the Coronted Kevin because I was playing Tack and I didn't res- and I and I forgot to I forgot to not respect them. Um, I know that you pick the classifieds. Bef- the classifieds go down before you pick your lists, but um, I was like, I can beat them um, <laughs> with my Coronted mm. um, because I'm a silly boy. Uh, then my my Rassiat was an absolute king. Dropped down. Um, I dropped down accidentally into a mines trigger area, but it made the save like a bloody champ. And then um, rolled around the corner to see a. Uh, I think a war driver, um, and I got I got hit by the single shot rifle round and didn't hit my my combi rifles, so he died. Uh, oh. died. Uh, <laughs> um, and then Josh was just able to overrun me with um, with classifieds. I tried to pull it forward a little bit um, by getting net undermined with Norkius, but at that point it was like that would have been. Like that would have made me have two points to his six rather than one point to his six, and my last roll of the game was me rolling an eighteen um, for Norkis's net undermine when my Caronta had died, so he was whip sixteen. Like it was just, it was an awful game for me. I played very badly. I played very poorly. Josh played very very well, um, and he should be commended with how he played. He actually came ninth overall, I believe. Mm. Um, whoop, I am in the wrong screen. Um, I do have OTM up somewhere. Josh came sixth, actually. I'm telling him short. Josh came sixth. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, it was a. I I played poorly, but it was still a good game. He played really well, and once again, it was one of those nail biter like back and forth, um, ones. It was good. Okay, so day one's over. <clears throat> at least on the table. We're both at one and two. Uh, what'd you do for the evening? Drown um, our sorrows. <laughs> <laughs> very, very accurate description of the evening. Um, we toddled along to the normal um, Infinity uh, social event that um, that they book every year. They book the back area of the George Harcourt Inn. Um as we, as is most of the case with um, with with CanCon, m- most of the field was Victorians, and therefore most of the drinking was done by Victorians as well. Um, yeah. There were a few Sydney siders there, some old friends of the Victorian crowd, but um, I didn't didn't see too many of the others, any of the other Infinity players there. There were fifty uh, Infinity players at CanCon, and there probably would have been maybe twenty at the George Harcourt, which is yeah. fine. Some people okay. aren't about that vibe. Um, and that's, you know, and that is totally okay. You know, it's a, it's a big, hard day. Um, we can't always, um, go out and, and socialize post it. So it's, uh, it can be difficult. But we, we, you, you got to remember that sometimes like the people there are just Canberra locals. So they've got 
you know, families and people actually to go home to it. Yeah, and, you know, they might not have a lift there or something like that. So it's just this very, it's it's hard. It's hard. And also I I think I I rocked up late, so I could be, I I could have that very wrong and there could have been way way more people there. But No, you're you're about right. I was there pretty much second after Dion and Pon, I think. Right. Yeah, and, like, we just had dinner. And then went back to our apartment. It was good. <sighs> Played a um, very long game of Commander. <laughs> a very long game of Commander. We, I had a good chat to my potential round four, well, to, to what was at that time my round four um, opponent, who was a um, friend of the show, Tero from White Dwarf. Um, but unfortunately, due to it, who I haven't had a game yet against, um, but I very much enjoy talking to, so I think I would have had a fun game against him. However, um, it wasn't to be because the player dropped, and um, and that meant the pairings got reshuffled, uh, and that meant that uh, I owe Tarot a game. So, <laughs> yeah, grudge match at uh, Arcfinity. No, he's not coming to Arcfinity. Well, might not. Grudge match at Border Bash, Tarot. That's what's happening. Day four, bunch of objective room games, starting with Armory. So, Jacob. So, as you can imagine, I took my uh, Bakunin uh, hold list. Um, I I lost the roll off, and. Again, playing another vanilla list. I wish, I now wish that Josh, you and I had had uh, a game of Armory with your vanilla combined. Um, but I knew that depending on what he had in his list, especially if he had. Um... So, who did you play? Sorry. Oh, I sorry. I played uh, Lachlan, your ah, first I ran round one, opponent. I ran one yes. opponent, yeah. Um, and I. Yeah, so I play, I play Lachlan, and I um, he won the roll off, picked a typical, um, uh, you know, I'll keep deployment, pick this side, you decide, um, and I decided not to take second turn this time after sort of I guess learning my lesson with um, uh, Ryan about letting Vanilla sort of have that uh, free reign. I picked to go first. I probably, looking back at it, um, looking back, like, had I known his list, um, had I, yeah, had I known his list, I probably could have hard second him. With perfect um, information. I, yeah, with perfect information, I could have, I could have hard second him. Um, I don't think he really had much of an answer to um, the Reverend call. But I didn't have, I didn't know that, um, and I wasn't prepared to get Alfred by, let's say, a really well placed speculate killer or a, um, yeah, like a really well placed speculate killer or, you know, Norkius running up into my face or a Sheshkin, anything that could have just run up and started assassinating pieces, taking orders off of me. Uh, so I, I went to go first. I thought, you know, if I've, you know, it. I could hopefully sort of create a puzzle that he uh, would at least not have enough orders to one pick. Uh, so when first, 
got into the room with my moderator, clockmaker, and the Chimera with its Pupniks. So it's a decent amount of points in the room, uh, first turn. That's, you know, looking about uh, probably about 40-ish points, about 45 points into the room. Uh, a lot of AROs, I stuck the Chimera in a doorway uh, to sort of block it up, which actually did work quite well. Uh, I had to waste a lot of orders trying to get rid of that uh, get rid of that Pupnik who sort of uh, just sort of cartwheeled in the doorway, dodging a lot of shots. Um, and he mentioned this after the game, and I was quite was quite proud of this move. Is I didn't put the um, I didn't put the Moira's the Moira team in the room. What I did is I pushed them forward to look across the front of his DZ. Um, so that he had to he had to deal with them. So they were on the left hand side of the board, looking across the front of the armory room at like a slight angle, um, which really did slow him down. Uh, he had a fractor in his list, which is what he tried to use to unpick um, that. Uh, defense I had that was the one mistake that thankfully right uh, the gods of luck didn't punish me on I should have had my Cenobite protecting my sniper who was doing the looking across the room um, I got lucky uh, preemptively zappered the fractor uh, when he boarding shotgunned me past the armor save on both of the boarding shotgun shots uh, and obviously isolated his fractor um, but the game sort of boiled down to sort of your typical going first and armory room experience, which was I would put a puzzle in front of him and he would do just enough to unpick it. So the first turn he got the uh, Caliban um, into the room, killed a couple of things. Well, he killed everything um, in the room. He held the room. Right, very early in my second turn, um, I killed the Caliban, again, uh, got things into his room, um, and I suppose to my credit, I made the puzzles so complicated that we had a very long game, like we went straight through lunch. Um, because every move um, Lachlan had to make had to be really considered um, there was lots of line of sights checking. Um, and at the end of the game, we were, we took a look at what could have happened in third turn. And it was a case of had we gone to third turn and the dice were enough in my favor, I probably could have pulled out the win because I would have probably killed Norkius, probably would have killed his anathematic. And at that point, I just needed a good enough ARO to stop his Dadarazi from getting in. Um, so unfortunately, uh, again, sort of a, a victim to um, to just I, I like the complex complexity of infinity where and when you're playing to time that we couldn't really get to third turn, I wasn't I wasn't willing to sit there and say, 
no, I need to pay this next turn because I might win at the at detriment of the TOs. Um, and, you know, in the spirit of just being like a good sportsman, I was like, nah, that's all right. Um, you've done well enough to unpick my puzzle twice. Um, so, you know, we agreed just that like, we would end it at two and we wouldn't do like the end of round, end of game scoring because I think mm -hmm. there's an extra two points for holding the one, armory one, at the one. very end of the game. There's an extra point, yeah. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, Wabera did pull a HMG out of one of the panoplies. That is fun. Uh, which is great because normally when you pull something out of the panoply and it's a HMG, it's like some warband with BS uh, nine, but this is Wabera with BS thirteen and uh, Mimetism six. Uh, so that that was probably like the biggest thing is that if um, we had gone to the third turn, that HMG I actually reckon would have been uh, really instrumental. Because I think I honestly think I could have stuck Wabera standing in that doorway with the HMG on suppressive, um, and it it would have been like a real scene from an action movie where she's just standing there gunning um, down tigers and Dadarazi as they run for uh, run forwards, something like something out of um, Starship Troopers. <laughs> um, yeah, that. so oh. that, that was a really good game, but in in all honesty, it was just it it was just the sort of typical armory going first experience where you know despite your best efforts he just i think on his second turn he managed to get norkius into the room and i fired two chain rifles two vulcan shotguns at him on template mode um to hopefully i was hoping to just kill norkius he ran up to my cenobite and just hit the cenobite passed I think he managed to eat. He managed to eat three wounds from the Cenobite, which is all the wounds that the Cenobite has to give, because that's one wound, two wounds, and then un the unconscious wounds. Yeah. Um, and he took four wounds, which meant that he survived on no wind in cap. Oh, rough. Yeah. So unfortunately, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Norkius just survived and on the second turn he was able to hold the wound by uh, the room by two points i think because i had a i had also had a morlock in there and i think it just wasn't enough because how much how many points is norkius 47 yeah 47 i think i had 40 i had 44 in the room i think oh yeah that's a close one yeah, so uh, good on him on knowing the points just well enough. Uh, well, not just well enough. He knew the point. He knew that his points would just be enough. Mm. What I meant to say. Uh, yeah, forty-four points. So just enough. I was really banking on, or I was really hoping that the Cenobite might pull out. Um, like just survive, um, or I would kill Norkius. Unfortunately, just at that point, right, luck was in Lachlan's favor. Um, the dice, uh, yeah, uh, rolled 
uh, rolled well enough for him or bad enough for me, I suppose that yeah, he got the room and it just wasn't enough, and yeah, wasn't wasn't gonna keep playing that third round. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like your the puzzle you set up first turn going first was pretty good for Armory because one of the challenges usually is you've got an infinitely tall building in the middle that creates line of sight blocking and your opponent just uses that to have a nice safe path to the armory. But if you yeah. get a core unit looking at his front door of the armory, he now has to spend his turn dissecting that before he even gets to go toward the armory. Yeah, and I suppose the other thing I think he didn't realize probably until halfway, th- or maybe like just after his first turn, where he realized that the anathematic can't get into the armory. It's too big. Oh, that's, oh dear. That, that's not a great time to find that out. Um, but luckily he was like, okay, I'm going to coordinate, throw a million smoke, covering everything, um, and Norkius is just going to sprint for it. So like mm-hmm. I said, it was his last order when Norkius ran up to the Cenobite and like just barely managed to make it um he rolled really well in his armor saves against uh because i i don't think he took many from the cenobites chain rifles i think most of his wounds was from uh burning to the vulcan shotgun oh goodness that'll do it uh i I, in fact in fact now i look back at it i think I think, yeah, I think the three wounds he took was burning to the Vulcan shotgun. I think he passed both the chain rifles. Ooh, so that, that, that was probably like the one I was like, fuck, that was, a, that was the best I had. And I, it just wasn't quite enough. Um, but yeah, no, it was a really good game. And I, I, I should point out that I had a lot of... Uh, both Ryan and Lachlan after the games, especially Lachlan was like, I looked at your call link and was like, oh, he's going to put that in the room. and I'm just going to go and eat it. And then when you went and put it to look at the front, I was, I was like, oh, what am I going to do with that? <laughs> High praise. Um, so yeah, I I think I would have been with your like your Coronted list probably a bit more worried about a Coronted, uh, just because you would have ignored my um, Mimetism minus six, but Anathematic has its own problems. Certainly does. So how'd Armory go for you, Josh? Uh, um, look better than Jacob. Um, <laughs> only a little bit, if I remember correctly. Um, I've uh, only I'm, I've only gone and done the worst thing which has unfortunately forgotten my opponent's name um his its name was gilead uh was a lovely gentleman from dubbo i think that um he is basically the the a one-man scene in dubbo doesn't get very many games in in fact um i was playing him on his fifth game of infinity which i respect i really love when people when new players feel comfortable enough with the game to come to a tournament and just try their hand even though uh, he said he he um He'd won one game at that point, and he was really happy. He was stoked that he'd won one game uh, at that point, um, which I thought was awesome. 
we should all fly out to Dubbo and rock up at his front gate and be like, hey, game of infinity. He's like, um, I'm busy. <laughs> Make a tournament in Dubbo so we yeah. can all go. Um, you should come out down for border match. It's not that far. Um, he was on a limited insertion invincible army list that he won listed for the event. So um, mad lad. Absolute yeah, absolutely mad lad. Absolute mad lad. It was beautifully painted as well. Lovely. Um, the table uh, was super dense. Um, I will show for the people playing along at home. Um, I'll show everybody what's going on. Um, notable features. It had this uh, on my left flank. It had this beautiful, um, huge building, um, which I'm not entirely mm. certain of the manufacturer of. It might be a Knights of Dice one, but I don't know. Those bridges that there were that were acting as ladders um, were are certainly Knights of Dice ones. But I'd really love that as a centerpiece of a table. It looks it looks amazing. It's really um, yeah, it it looks very large, nice asymmetrical. Dicey. Yeah, yeah. Lots of accessible area. And um, this, uh, I chose. Um, I chose deployment. I won the um, the lieutenant role, and I chose deployment after picking my ski of Orislas, which is specifically designed for armory. So um, for, that's the reason I, I I took it. I picked this side um, because of the building that um, that the people who could see this can see basically in the left of center of my DZ, um, which is kind of a uh, it's it's kind of a small squat building with a little tower on it that basically perfectly fits an S2 model. Um, and I've played on that building a lot uh, because it's a it's a Knights of Dice one that um, is that a club terrain at Axes and Ales and it's also on Nick Two Hills table. Um, and I've had a lot of success just putting ARO pieces up there and having having nobody be able to shift them. Oh um, the one the one with the rusted roof. Yeah the one with the rusted roof yep. in this one. Yeah. Uh, it's got a little tower that fit that perfectly fits like it's just over 25 mil. So it perfectly fits an F2 model on there. It's got a little bit of cover there, like a little parapet, a little bit of roof that sticks up over the edge so you can get a bit of um get a bit of cover with your S2 model. Uh, and um it's just a Ryukin's home. Ryukin HRL's home. So I put my turret up there in armory um just to just to be annoying. Um, so I, I kept deployment. Um, my opponent Gilead, uh, decided to, to, to go first. Um, and he decided to create an incredible problem with me, for me, which is put 120 points of Yujing heavy infantry into the room on his first turn. Um, maybe even 150 points of Yujing heavy infantry. It was a lot of points. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's going to be a struggle to deal with. So he did that. Uh, I managed to shave off a wound from his Hydao killer hacker um, with my turret, which he, because he, he unfortunately walked his link past my turret. Um, because as you can see from that picture there, there was, there was a couple of walls in front of both, in front of both of the, the front doors to the armory that made it, the armory to be actually very difficult to approach. Um, yeah, it certainly looks like that, that way. Um, you know, there was taller than S2, so you couldn't just vault over the top of them with an S2 marker. Um, it meant that you had to move around, which meant that, uh, like, um, the, the ARO pieces that were looking up looking up and down flanks could actually get a lot of mileage. So my turret got a little bit of mileage out of it by shooting some members of his link that were um, not the link leader. And then he blasted into a million pieces with his um, Zhu Yong HMG. 
Um, so he, yeah, um, put a million points of um, of Yujing heavy infantry into the room, and I was like, oh, I have to deal with that. So I thought to myself, um, I've just got to, I think I'll let him have the first turn, because I think I can do enough to unpick this, and once that's gone, there's not a hell of a lot that's in his list that can deal with the rest of my stuff. So... Um, I activated Kurnow, which was on a rooftop looking at the corner of, um, looking at the right-hand corner of his armory. It's on that, um, for those playing along, that white building that's in the front and centre of my DZ. Um, Kurnow is on the top of that. Um, and, uh, I, um, stood up, launched a pitcher on a 15, rolled like a 17. Okay, that's fine. I'll try it again. I've got two. Sat back down, went back prone, rolled my pitcher on a on a on a fifteen, rolled like another seventeen, hooray! But that's why I brought two. Um, so the the um, the Dartok said it's his time to shine. He walked around, threw a pitcher, nailed it on his first go, and then I activated it again, and I killed the Hideout Killer Hacker from under because I don't respect tin bots. Um. Three dice on tens versus one dice on thirteens. I managed to just—he only had one wound left from copping a wound from the turret, so it was very easy for me to just go, "Okay, I'll just take that out." Dartok moved again and isolated the tin bot holder, um, which meant that um, which meant that Link was no longer protected by a tin bot, which I thought was a good move. Then I was like, I then I activated the Ski of Oros because I wanted to do one thing in Armory and do one thing only, which was Sepsider a bunch of my <laughs> opponent's stuff. Uh, and so I walked my Ski of Oros up, very happy, and he'd done something really good, which is he'd deployed his turret in a way and his infantry in a way inside the room where I couldn't engage all of them or more than one of them without being seen by the turret. Um, so I engaged a character by the name of Tai Tai Sheng, who, um, did you isolate Tai Shen? I did not. Okay. So he's, uh, he had more than he, he had a, he probably, cause I think, uh, tai Sheng, the, the Tai Sheng he was using didn't have a tin bot. Yeah, I was about to say. I remember running this link and had like three tin bots in that link because yeah. that's just the way it runs. So up. his his Tai Sheng was sitting was in it, like I could only see it in a way that had the skier Ross out of cover. And then I looked at after engaging it, I looked at Tai Sheng's ballistic skill, and I'm like, BS fourteen. His BS fourteen. Uh, so I got eaten by uh, by a crit from Tai Sheng's Mark twelve. Um, I hit all three times with my plasma rifle, which meant that the uh, the Zuyong missile launch that was sitting beside the Tai Sheng um, got splashed and killed by um, by the Skiavoros. So uh, Skiavoros went down, took something with him, but that's okay. I mnemonicked into the Samaritan. That was basically the end of my first turn. Um, my opponent uh, moved his um, Yan Hao into a sort of more... He had a Yan Hao um, HRMC, moved it into a more sort of commanding position for um, 
for like sort of ARO slash um, point defense. Um, and sort of and m- moved as much of his heavy infantry as possible outside of the repeater area so I couldn't just spend orders on my hackers moving them up into the room and hack him at the same time. Um, which was, I think, very reasonable. Uh, then I noticed, so my first turn, I ducked Sheskin around a corner and shot some stuff, um, killed one thing, and I was like, okay, I've got to put Sheskin in the room, I've got to clear this out now, because otherwise I'm going to start, um, losing this game. I noticed I had a Dadarazi nearby, so I moved, smoked, moved, moved, then moved into full view of his entire link team. He decided to shoot with everything, which meant I dropped two templates with my um, with my Dadarazi, which cleared the entire room. They all failed a save or two, except for his dead missile launcher, his unconscious missile launcher, which 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 passed both its both of its saves, um, and he had a Zencher forward observer in the room as well, which um, survived on in no wounding cap. My Dadarazi died, uh, and then I shoved Sheskin into the room, ate the Zencher, and then almost saw red. I was like, I'm going to kill that. Joshi No Breaks is going to kill that Yan Hao now. Yan Ho is going to die. And then I remembered that Armory ends in retreat, so I <laughs> didn't, didn't do that. Um, so, you, so, so you created a Sheskin buffet, did you? Yeah, nom, 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 nom. So, uh, nommed everything in the room. Uh, Sheskin ended with one power-up um, and just sat prone behind a wall inside the armory and sort of dared him to do whatever he wanted. Uh, Gilead had, like, four units left, which was his Daoying lieutenant, a paramedic Zanshi, a forward observer Zanshi, and a Yan Hao. Um, which put him at about 100 points left over, um, which was very lucky for me. Uh, he ran in and basically just tried to get as many panoplies as he could to stop me from scoring that. And I think he managed to get three overall over across the whole game, which was, um, yeah, a good effort. Uh, then I activated Sheskin again, um, touched a panoply, got something out of it, Touched another, touched the other panoply, got something out of it. And then I ran the Samaritan as fast as he could. Touched this panoply, got something out of it. Touched the other panoply, got something out of it. And that's where the end. We ended the game. Um, it was an eight-three victory to me because we'd both we both scored our classified. He'd taken round one uh, with controlling the armory, and I'd I'd, I'd gotten the rest the the rest of the game. Nice. So second win of the tournament. <laughs> Hey. Okay, and last yeah, up we've got bad. Last It had launch. to be against a, a new player <laughs> uh, It's very unfortunate but, uh, so Last up played, we've got last launch well. mm-hmm. uh, Jacob, how'd that go for you? Uh, uh, I won't spoil it yet, Nick uh, But <laughs> so after obviously having Not the greatest CanCon as far as did you want to uh, Josh to flick back the uh, oh yeah I yep I can do that um, not even the greatest CanCon as far as like tournament results go um, I was playing oh, I'm gonna say Kyle bloody O12 vanilla O12 player 
um, in last launch. So I took my unmasking list, which, uh, like I said, was sort of the idea um, that I, I, I came across that this list worked well for last launch. Um, and going into O12, I didn't want to... Uh, I've had probably too much practice playing O12, uh, with the Melbourne community being flooded with O12 players at one point. Um, and so I was like, okay. Uh, he won the roll-off, uh, looked at the scoring, um, and took uh, deployment. Uh, I took uh, first turn because in last launch, while there is points for holding the armory at the end of the game, it's worth one point. Um, and if you're doing well enough uh, by the end of the game, uh, hopefully you can do it such that that one point doesn't matter. So I uh, started off the game, he had, I think, just a, a Epsilon in, um, in ARO, which considering that this team doesn't have the... Um, doesn't have the big link bonus. It only has this list. Only has the small uh, three man Kusanagi, Reverend, and Mother Agatha uh, link. Uh, was my primary target of dealing with uh, one way or another because I needed to get rid of that MSV two and I needed to get rid of um, that sniper rifle. Uh, the table I was playing on looked kind of open, but with the um, with infinite height building. Uh, was decently dense that Epsilon was covering essentially one side of the uh, last launch armory um, with the TR bot covering the other side. Um, so in in this one, I was able to sort of deploy. I was I was able to deploy and use this list to like exactly what it was supposed to do, which was just alpha my opponent um so i pushed forward in the first group with kusanagi um and the kusanagi and her harris i put down white noise peered out at the epsilon um five dice on 11s uh and just tore the epsilon to pieces with the epsilon gone um he made a little bit of a boo-boo uh in his uh, deployment he had so his list was a lot of speed it was the lawmaker road bike raptor um but uh i think the robot the robot and the lawmaker uh some sort of specialist and the raptor was the killer hacker mm -hmm. uh, as well as i think it was uh the is it the ghost ghost site what was the hacker called Psycop, Cybergoose, Cybergoose, I think. Yes, yeah, so, uh, Cybergoose. Obviously, the Epsilon, uh, a couple of Varangian, uh, Monstrucker, uh, Raven Eye, um, as uh, Tia Bot, Flash Pulse Bot, and that was about it. So I went hard to try and stop his uh, his movement. The biggest threat I saw was the Epsilon and the Raptor uh, killer hacker because I didn't want him to throw that killer hacker A, I didn't want to deal with a heavy flamer from the bot I touched the Raptor and I didn't want the killer hacker to come and hack my Custodia 
So push forwards, killed the Epsilon, also pushed forwards with my Chimera. Um, he made a little bit of a mistake in his deployment where with his robot, he left the side bot sticking out a little bit that if I went to the very far left side of the board, I was able to see, I was able to see the, um, uh, the side bot, which allowed me with the rocket launcher on the, um, on the sting baton to actually splash into his robot. Uh, believe it or not, the sidebot took no wounds. Uh, only the robot did. Um, Excellent. That's what we yeah. like to see. But with that, I put, I just put the rest of like my order, my Otol Prestige, maybe even converted an order um, to get my Chimera up into uh, a motorized bounty hunter, killed the motorized bounty hunter, got into his Raptor, killed the Raptor, um, had Kusanagi, who I tr I tried to push to kill his lawmaker, but uh, we were over 24 with mimetism and distance. Nothing was going to happen with it. Um, so nothing happened there, but she was looking at the lawmaker and meant that she could uh, throw some shots out if she needed to. Um, and the... Uh, Stigmaton was covered by or by what well, was looking at the road bike as well as was covered by a um, uh, a Morlock who managed to roll. I should point out throughout this tournament for my Morlocks, I twice rolled a 20, which is the plus three fizz regeneration. regeneration. Really nice profile. Um, of course, in this one, when she did go down, I went to regenerate her. I rolled a 19. And she got... <laughs> um, it's but I, I've still still had my favorite thing I've ever done with regeneration, which is you run into combat, die, and then regenerate back into combat. Um, so after that, I'd obviously put my opponent um, a bit on the back foot. He lost his big ARO piece. Um, he had lost a specialist. Stigmaton was looking straight at him. And his road bike. Um, so he he, put, he he pushes out with um, a couple of impetuous with his Varangians. Doesn't come uh, too much. He does berserk into my second Chimera. And I think this is probably where I learned my second lesson uh, for the uh, for the tournament. Whereas this is why, like, as much as it sounds really funny to have two chimeras, I think just learning to place that one chimera in the right spot is worth it enough because every single one chimera did something, the other chimera just died. Because that chimera in the first group, I can't give Stigmaton, Kusanagi, and a chimera enough orders to do something with all three of them in any one turn. I'm better off just having, I'm better off replacing that Chimera and like Fiddler or whatever with an Orphan and something else. I mean, hell, I probably could have fit a TR bot for that, those many or points. Or for Fiddler and two Jackbots. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Um, so, yeah, zerked into it, killed it. Um, in the end, I think when it came to my 
turn two, I knew I'd killed enough specialist on his side. I knew I'd probably gotten rid of enough points. It was time for the Stigmaton to fly. Uh, so it went in, uh, grabbed a uh, grabbed a token, uh, went to the middle, and got itself out of there. Uh, I then just got the Salute, used the advantage that it's an Evo bot, and it went out there. So uh, by the end of second turn, I'd had two specialists extracted somewhere between, what is that, 15, 35, 80, 93 points extracted. So almost a third of my, like a third of my opponent's army extracted and probably had killed more than he'd be able to, like enough points that he wouldn't have been able to um, come back at that point. Um, so Easy. yeah, uh, um, at, yeah, all said and done, um, it was a 10, uh, yeah, I think it was a 10-0 win to me. Um, with even at the very end, Fiddler finally did something um, in my tournament and she repaired the second group Chimera, which meant I held the room with, I think, two points because the two Pupniks were in the room. Very nicely done. Nice. So not a bad way to end the tournament. Yeah, I I was just thinking about it. It was a... Uh, it was a Oh, it sounds a bit harsh, I suppose, but a failure sandwich. Right, two wins yes. sandwiched between a whole bunch of getting my ass fucking pushed in. Um, yeah, I should, like I said, I, I wanted, I did want to, I didn't want to say it to my opponent because obviously I don't want to get in his head or anything. But um, if there's one thing that my practice for like BC, like the last BCB is, I have become an expert at dealing with vanilla O12 and Starmada specifically. Um, and he can blame the short period where uh, the Melbourne community had like three O twelve slash Starmada players, and that's all I could find to play. You've played a few games against Peter Henry and uh, Tristan, huh? Yeah, pretty much, and Dante. And yeah, Dante plays O twelve as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that was that was a good match. Uh, a lot of lessons learnt. Um, and I certainly have learned that while I thought two chimeras was the way to go, it's it's just a waste. It's just you get one chimera that sits there and just out in the open with no orders to its name. How did the last launch go for you, Josh? Um so last launch was possibly my most comfortable mission. Um as Jordan has said in the chat, I have he says, I have the best advice for launch, last launch. We went and got lunch together and he said, I have no idea how to play last launch. And I said, kill everything, extract Evo. Um, no retreats. So that's, uh, that's, that's the kind of my mantra and that's what I did. <laughs> and I stuck to it. Um, I played Lachlan, on, uh, who's another Victorian local. Um, he was on Foreign Company and played a, a practice game against Lachlan prior to coming up to CanCon, it was um, uh, like a very nice way to end um, nice way to end the, the tournament playing against a, a person that I knew um, and that, um, you know, we could just sort of banter and have a nice time. 
I played on, so I played on all three of the last minute scratch built tables, um, which was, you know. Um, That's impressive. It's a I was pretty about to say, I, a lot of MDF in, uh, no, sorry, uh, particle board in your pictures. Yes. Uh, and so it was this one. Um, so it was uh, a, a Brutal Cities one that, that Ryan from Brutal Cities has managed to, managed to bring um, some terrain. Uh, and um, they'd actually taken the wrong box from him because he brought a different table. <laughs> <laughs> and this was kind of his spare bits table. So they take the wrong box from him and he said that he would come and replace it, but he didn't end up doing that. So um both are those and I... table markers that they're using as barricades. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes it Proceed. is. Sorry. <laughs> yes, yes it is. Kevin, if you'd like to weigh in. Um <laughs> the um Yes, in my DZ that you can see there. there. In my DZ, there were two big things which had the numbers 8 and 10 written on them, which were the table, some of the table markers for, from tables 8 and 10. So, excellent. Um, both Locke and I... don't have the visual. The numbers on those read 6 and 10. Oh, 6 are they? Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> there was 6 and 10. There you go. That's how good I am at reading. Um, the... Lachlan and I looked at this table and went, let's get some more scatter. So we found some scatter and put some scatter on the table. This is what it looked like after we put scatter on the table. So um, basically every bit of scatter that you can see, apart from the table markers, we put on there. Um, it was horrendously open. Um, so after that we put the, the scatter on there, I decided to take my um, Skiavoros list. Um because it was one of the ones I'd sort of semi-designed for last launch slash armory, like a ZO, an armory mission. I mean, I already run the Corrupted list into Lachlan in our practice game, and I wanted to shake some stuff up. Oh, I actually run the Corrupted the Caron- list, but with a Skiavoros lieutenant instead of the Corrupted into, into um, Lachlan, so it was a bit different. But I decided to run the, the Skiavoros list anyway. Um... I kept initiative, Lachlan picked um, the DZ and set up his um, linked Securitate sniper and his TR bot on some two very commanding ARO positions that you can see on the table there. The TR bot was like in, in the center of DZ, his DZ looking directly into the, um, into the armory uh, on top of a tall building and the Securitate was in on his, his left flank, my right flank, Basically, looking down, um, like the entirety of the board. Um, so it was very open. Uh, I managed to, in my first turn, managed to walk uh, the Dartok up under, uh, um, out of line of fire of those two arrow pieces, and place a pitcher very nicely where it could hit both Lashmi and his uh, Evo hacker. And then the Dartok killed Lashmi and then killed the Evo hacker using Trinity. Um, and the way that I play last launch, that sort of meant to me that this game was already over. Sorry, Lachlan, <laughs> at that point. Um, but 
I know, I know Lachlan, he's pretty good at pulling things back, so I need to do some more damage to him. Uh, the Skiavorus rocked forward into the armory and took out the TR bot, leveraging mimet, uh, his mimetism and being under 16 inches. Um, and that's basically how I ended my first turn. Uh, then Lachlan ran forward with his, did a, did a very effective counter punch by running his uh, Uberfall commando. Um, to kill my Skiavoros. As he moved it up, I managed to dodge the Skiavoros into a position where it could the um, it could only engage me with two things because I dodged it prone behind a barricade and um, against uh, in in the corner against a wall. So the only way that he could engage me was engage me with two things prone in climbing plus. Which meant that he could, he, he with a bit of finessing, he managed to get two um, Pupniks into 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 base to base with the Skiavoros. Skiavoros is CC eighteen against the Pupniks CC nineteen, so it was a bit inconclusive for a couple of rounds, but it, he eventually took it out. Uh, then he rushed his Pupniks forward and managed to get rid of um, a Liberto and the Dartok as well. That's a that's a good that's a good that's a good responsive turn it was a very very good responsive turn um so i pushed sheskin up um put four dice on 21s into the uh into the spotlit chimera which was a fun roll for me um and uh then um hit um the securitate um Sniper rifle killed that, um, and then settled back in um, uh, in suppressive fire, watching the the console on the right hand side. Then Lockman had a very unlucky run with his A team Harris. So he's running a Harris of Valkyrie, Senya Massacre, and a Bolt Killer Hacker. He used very effectively used um, Eclipse Smoke to to get those guys forward uh, out of line of fire of of Sheskin, and then pushed Valkyrie out of the smoke. Um, I asked for his zone of control. He measured it, and I said, "Okay, I'm fairly certain you're outside ten inches for the for the templates from the heavy shock or the eight inches or whatever. I think they're are they small templates or big templates on the heavy shotgun? I can't remember. Small templates. Small. Eight, outside eight of and a half outside of eight, eight eight and a half inches for the thing, so I'm just gonna suppress you. And then he decided to dodge. Um which was inconclusive. Nothing happened. Um he managed to make all of his armor saves and I um and and and, and nothing happened. Then he did what I thought he was going to do with his other with his with that last turn, which was he pushed Valkyrie out of cover, presenting me with the choice of whether to dodge and take three heavy shotgun hit mode, or shoot and take three heavy shotgun templates. I elected to shoot because I hoped that I could kill Valkyrie in one round with suppression, uh, and he templated me. Uh, I had Tago in the background there, and and that also dodged. In to to move further up the board and get closer to his bolt killer hacker, which I wanted to berserk. Um, Jackson's still on full wounds at this point. Uh, I managed to do one rune to Valkyrie in my with my suppression, and he hit like the template, and I roll amazingly on the templates. I roll like a fifteen, which saves an eighteen, which saves and like an eight, 
which puts Sheskin down to one wound. Then he elects to do that, to, to um, not do that again, but instead berserk with Valkyrie. Oh, God. Um, Valkyrie's total immune, which means I couldn't decharge her, so I decided to use my um, the ACC weapon. He um, he didn't crit. I did. I saved twice against his explosive CC weapon. So I did. He did one wound to me. Damage seventeen. I rolled a seventeen, a nineteen, and like an, another eight or something. So I did. Dumbo did one wound, and I crit. And managed to do one wound to Valkyrie, which means the net changed. Nothing happened. Valkyrie died. Sheskin ended up on one wound because of Protheon. Uh, it was amazingly unlucky. And that was um, Lachlan's last order in that group. So he couldn't, couldn't get any further. Uh, my third turn, I spent three orders on my Evo Hacker, zooping it up to space. I moved the Samaritan into the ZO to, um, to dominate it. Um, Atega took out the Bolt Killer Hacker. Cheskin took out Senya Massacre. And then I decided to attempt to secure HVT because there was no way I was getting my classified. Um, Lachlan's third turn was, okay, bugger this. If Josh is going to, if Josh is going to do that, he's not going to get a 10 zip. So I'm going to stop him from securing my HVT. And he did that by running a um, CSU forward. And um, I dodged. And he shot me with his CSU. So I dodged with Sheskin. He shot me with his CSU, and Sheskin died. <laughs> uh, which um, made it a nine zip win for me as I dominated the ZO, killed more specialists, put more specialists into space, put more points into space, but I didn't score my classified. Nice. So both come out on a win. Mm hmm. Yeah. Although Josh had an extra win somewhere in between those two, so <laughs> yeah, well, he, he won the first one. He, he mine was he, more of a uh, a failure Big Mac, so I had an extra piece of win in there. In the yes. there. <laughs> yeah. Product placement. So I guess you already mentioned where you placed. Um, Josh, you were 19th. Jacob, you were 20... Oh, I don't want to hear the number. Something 29th. 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 <laughs> I'll tell you. Okay. He was 29th. classification. 29th. 29th. He was 29th. Yeah. Very well done. Oh, fuck off. Let's so, go. final thoughts on your lists? Uh, uh, Jacob? Uh, yeah, do you want to just flick back to them while I talk about them quickly? I can do that, yeah. Um, so for the hold, for the hold list, um, there's not really too much to necessarily say about that one. Uh, the, the one, the two that I used it, that it lost, um, was less about the list, like hampering me and just bad decisions or, um, I, I don't want to say bad play experience cause that's not uh, what I mean. Um, just the difficulty of going second like, in armory, whatever. Poor piloting. <laughs> no, it was just it's just like it just it just couldn't it just couldn't do enough against 
<laughs> Vanilla CA going second on, on Armory. I just couldn't... I wasn't... I just couldn't put enough in his face mm-hmm. um, to to do that. And I don't necessarily think, like, a, a, um, like a Reverend Moira uh, would... Uh, sorry, a uh, Riot Girl Link would necessarily do better. I could look at maybe... Swapping some things around uh, in terms of like the compositions of the groups, but I think they're pretty good for now, especially because the Moiras have NCO, it means that they can use that um, moderator lieutenant order. Mm-hmm. Um, to, so it's sort of like nine regular orders and one uh, irregular order in group one, and then uh, four regular orders and two irregular orders in group two. Obviously, uh, with armory, that goes up to five because the salute gives an extra order. Uh, I said I was going to say I could split the salute, but that wouldn't help. Um, I suppose if I was playing a mission that needed to hold things and didn't uh, give extra points, uh, extra orders for the salute. I could change that into something else. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe a different moderator with pictures or something like that, mm-hmm. um, or even a boarding shotgun. Uh, but again, yeah, but and I, I don't think most people would assume that the moderator that I'm sending up with the Vostok is going to be my lieutenant. So I don't think there's really much of a mystery in terms of whether that moderator is the lieutenant or not. But yeah, that list is fine. Um, just the one time, the two times I played it, uh, bad de- bad deployment, and Ryan just just uh, like saw my weaknesses and tore me to pieces. Um, and yeah, I just couldn't put a strong enough puzzle together for my opponent um, in Armory. <laughs> The unmasking list, I think, could use some work. Like I said, I don't think there's honestly any point in having um, the two chimeras. Um, I th- I think that just the chimera in group two can do enough work. Um, it's pretty easy to run them down the side and go and eat something important. Um, it's just about placing them right. Um, and in all, on all honesty, uh, uh, with two chimeras, I just find that, and this is, I have the most like dense DZ, which in tournaments on, honestly, uh, often you don't, um, I find p- placing the second chimera is just difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's either the covers not within 12, um, or I have to start grouping things up too much and I'm just afraid of like a rocket launcher or a missile launcher or some sort of template mm-hmm. taking them out. Uh, the other thing is, yeah, looking at that um, duo of a stigmaton and an orphan, the uh, way that this list is supposed to work, that would have been infinitely better um, mm-hmm. is to just replace Fiddler with that orphan. I'm pretty sure that like saves me six points which can oh. go to do upgrade something else. We don't need the Zonbot either, so you're saving three points there as well. But no, that's what that's why I'm saying six points, because yeah. I think the engineer is 25, and then I don't need the Zonbot, so that's right, okay. another three yeah. points. Yeah, mm-hmm. nice. Um, 
that or of course if i get rid of that chimera it's obviously an upgrade to um uh upgrade to fiddler to have the jackpots which would have honestly i don't know probably would have helped in some sort of mission but yeah so i'm fine with the hold um i actually really like that list um the yeah the unmasking one needs a bit of tweaking nice uh, again in missions where the salute doesn't the sort of but doesn't give extra orders because mm -hmm. that's actually an eight that's a eight five uh eight six split i think i would split that uh salute just to two flash pulse spots hmm. nice how about your list josh um how'd you feel after them how how did you feel about them after the event uh i felt like my Coronta list underperformed and my skiavorus list overperformed but you know then again i i lost two games with the Coronta and i won three games with the skiavorus list so um yeah that may have skewed your yeah that might skew my opinion on them i don't think i would change the lists um too much i'm pretty low on guided so i could potentially find points uh from the skiavorus list to take the t drone out and put in um i don't know a q drone or something just to have a little bit more ARO presence, um, or potentially jam a um, jam a jam a Caliban engineer in there or something because that actually does quite a lot of work. Um, oh, and uh, Josh, swap to your lists. Oh yeah, my lists. There we go. Uh, while, while you're while you're swapping, I'll just interrupt to say that if I had made that swap from Fiddler to that Orphan. It would have saved me 10, 13 points. 13 points, yeah, there huge, you go. Huge, huge change. Such a mm. massive change. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I didn't get to use the Sepsida, but I think that was just how um, how how the tournament went. Um, I managed to use it quite a bunch in my um, practice games. So, um, you know, it's a nice little, it's a nice little, you know, uh, threat threat piece. So I, I, I really like running the Skiavorus. I think it's a lot of fun. Plus it's immune to fart magic because it's structure. It's so good. Um, I think realistically that the, the combined probably isn't the army for me. Um, I like having, I much prefer having lots of units that are sort of mid-range pieces that can, that can get up the board and, and do stuff rather than run like a couple of big hit pieces. I know that that doesn't sound right compared to my like um, Aleph plays where I just ran Achilles a bunch and went, ha ha ha. But they, the, I think the combined is just, just, just not gelling quite as well as it, quite as well as you, as you want it to. Um, I think I would have done better at this tournament had I played um, Steel Phalanx or JSA, just as because I'm more comfortable on them. They have the order efficiency to deal with the um, exclusion zones, things like that. I also lost a bet to our local Tristan, so I'll be moving on to Caledonia for the foreseeable, well, until Torchlight comes out. <laughs> so, so are you finding that you are probably more of a sectorial player uh, I like I like vanilla, but I think well this mission lineup definitely benefited benefited sectorials more um, than not um, 
then, then and then like Kevin saying in the chat, I am very surprised that there was uh, one or none, one or no SP Steel Phalanx players at the tournament because of how efficient they are um, for those for those missions. Uh, it's it's a, it's a it's a very it's very odd, um, but you know sectorials were were great for the mission lineup, and um, it's not surprising that you know a sectorial took out top spot. Um, and it's a a bloody credit to Ryan, to Ryan Kirby who has run run that Eugene list to death and knows it inside and out that he managed to you know push it to um to, to second place there. I mean, he must have he must have been. I mean, I, I wish I wish I had like been able to like be a fly in the wall to his games because it must have just been this constant action packed, you know, heavy dudes running around the board, right, absolutely gunning things down. Because I don't see any way you could really play that list that he had. I don't know what his second list was, but the one he played me against me, I don't see how you could play that like carefully. No, you can't. You can't, like it's a hacked out HMG and a and a blue wolf. You you can't play it any other way than um than how Ryan Kirby plays, which is he's got one gear and that gear is fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's like he's he's a guy that sets himself into first, revs up, and then just slaps it straight into fifth and sees what yeah, happens. Exactly, exactly right. The engine either blows up or he just flies off. Yeah, that's it. Or come but, second. Um, yeah. Uh, as far as like the event goes, I think, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think any of us have gone to any of the other sort of tournaments that are held at CanCon. Uh, Affinity is average, big, like sort of in the middle as far as size goes. Um, we're not quite as big as obviously the Games Workshop games, or apparently this year, bloody uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol, which was I think that massive. was 50, 50 players at Marvel for Marvel. Oh, that's impressive. I thought no, I thought Marvel Crisis Protocol had like a massive like I set think, of tables. I think it was fifty players for Marvel for their tournament, which is big. No, oh. um, it was two hundred. Uh, players for age of sigma oh okay yeah okay i don't know what the map was looking for so yeah we are you know that middle with same as marvel crosses protocol um mm. and so it's always been really good i've especially in the last few years i've had i think less and less like well just like no issues with any of the people i've played with it's always been a good community so I think it's great to go to CanCon and know that no matter where you are in Australia, there are people able to have like a really like relaxed, good sportsman, like sportsmanly game of mm. infinity. Yeah, that's a big part of it for me as well. Yeah. I mean, I can't, you know, two of the people that, you know, really like whooped my butt Right, the first thing they did after the game was like, "Oh, I can't believe you did." Blah, that really, like, impressed me slash put me through a loop. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, good. Um, yeah, and we'll I think, something. yeah, I think the last thing I just want to give a shout out to uh, Chris Johnson. I think 
was the yeah. TO and organizer, yeah. or the main organizer, the main face of uh, this year's CanCons. Uh, really good job, Chris. Bunch. But yes, really, yeah, great job, Chris. And um, he's uh, put out a call out to the community for other people that want to run CanCon because he's sick and tired of not playing. So Yeah, he really wants to play. So If you want to run CanCon, let Chris Johnson know. Yeah, come on Canberra locals, or at least New South Wales locals, people who are close by. All right, help out another face of our community. Uh, get some games in. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think it's about time to wrap it up. Certainly is. Mm-hmm. Uh, look forward to our spotlight with, uh, well, hopefully our spotlight with um, the winner of uh, KenCon 2024, Rob Wright. We are looking at uh, getting together the stories that we liked and recording them and all that. Um, but we still got to decide on the ones we liked our favorites. So thank you for those submissions that we got. There were some really interesting stories. Uh, my favorite so far uh, has been the Akari company versus a consentimento uh, one. It's it's quite funny. It talks about um, how um, crap some of the Akari company um, equipment is. But it's like <laughs> that's it, it. Like it, it was. It's like it's crap for you, Jing, but it works for us. Um, which is quite funny Um, so anyway uh, thanks for listening everybody Uh, hope you enjoyed hope you enjoyed our review of CanCon uh, 2024 Uh, I've been your host Jacob I've been Nick and I've been Josh alright good night everybody good night good night